from Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the Red Platoon and the Cat. Ho, 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 ho. Oh, no, that was last week, fellas. Sorry, sorry. How are we? Happy <laughs> Oh, no, it's still 23. Absolutely yeah. stuffed. <laughs> no. yeah. I'm not just talking about Newcastle and Middlesbrough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very good. We've been rehearsing that in the toilet. <laughs> oh, that's been and gone, mate. That was that was before Christmas. Yeah, that's been and gone. Been and gone. Oh, Don't worry about it. It's about gone. The weekend results. Can, can we consider this to be like the Monday show, right? And we'll talk about the weekend results and then yeah. that's it. That's no, because we, we have a show on Monday, right? mate. That was Christmas Day. Yeah, no, but we yeah. want to, we want to look back to the days when the Borough were winning. Tuesday show. Yes. <laughs> we can't look back in life, lads. Only forward and, and up the league. Up the league we go. Oh, B league. Obviously, no. you're upset. You, yep. Oh, the mighty Bial Madrid in fine form yesterday, dispatching Hull City. That's how you get rid of Hull City, boys. That, that's how you deal with them. Yeah, you just make them at their own game. Insufferable. If Jack Clark walks in January, that's the only thing you've got going for you at the moment, I tell you, because well, that, that kid can play. It's already been said. The the club's not going to sell him as long as we've got a chance of getting promoted. So that's... Um, okay. Yeah, that's the, I think that puts okay. that to bed now. Good so yes, I think okay. he'll be gone in the summer, of course. Good oh, results. Great results. Which, which, uh, which you predicted okay. as well, Steve. Okay. We both predicted Steve. a 1-0 win. We did, yes, yeah. I mean, I can't predict Newcastle's results, but I seem to be able to predict everybody else's. Chris Wood coming well, back to haunt Newcastle, I couldn't. Oh. You couldn't. 500 to 1 it was for Chris Wood to get a hat-trick at St James's Park, oh. lad. 500 to 1. No. 19 people, 19 people had that bet. One lad had oh, uh, 20 quid on it and won 10 grand just after Christmas. What a... What, wow. a, what a what a result! Excellent. But um, unbelievable, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. credit to Forest, credit to Forest. They deserve the win. And Nuno keeps on his run against Newcastle. He has got he's got a, a really good a really good record against Newcastle. He's now won with Wolves, Spurs, and Forest against Newcastle, unbeaten in six games against Newcastle. So the signs were there. But uh, Chris Wood, an unlikely hero, comes back to haunt Newcastle. And credit to them. You couldn't see you couldn't see anything else. They, we. We deserved to get beat yesterday, and uh, a lot of head scratching, I guess, behind the scenes at St James's Park as, as the January transfer window gets closer. Yeah, it was absolutely. incredible. I mean, result I, watching that he one, took his it goal was the early so well. Didn't yeah. he? Didn't he? I mean, it, the bloke, when was the last time the bloke actually scored? I mean, I don't think he's even been getting a game for Nottingham Forest, let alone hat tricks. And then he yeah, comes he back to the season, mate. He has James. scored this. He has scored this season. I mean, he's you know he's. he's he seems to be somebody that Nuno fancies, though, as far as as, as a player's concerned. And they got the best out of him. Gibbs White was outstanding yesterday. Alanga yeah. against Dan Byrne was was never. I mean, we could all see that when the team sheet came out. Dan Byrne coming back from an injury. Alanga down that side was it was a recipe for disaster. But um, it all looked so different in those early stages of the game. Newcastle should have been two 0 up, and it was. I think the, the worrying thing was how they seemed to carve through us like a knife through butter. Once mm. once Miggy's shot had been saved, um, they, they went straight down the other end with Gibbs White and, you know, ball to wood and it was 1-1. And 2-1 and yeah. before half-time, it was a proper head-scratcher. And Newcastle came out second half still stunned. Um, it, it was it was a hard one to take, it really was. Uh, but, you know, I've been there before. I've seen, I've, se- I've seen worse results. Newcastle have bounced back from this. But coming off the back of a cup exit in the Carabao Cup, 
Losing to Luton Town, a resurgent Luton yeah. Town, it has to be said. They won again yesterday against Sheffield United in a, a wonderful top topsy turvy game. Um, you know, it, it, it's been a bad Christmas for Newcastle, no doubt about it. And uh, the new year doesn't look any brighter with a game to Liverpool on New Year's Day. Follow that with uh, the, the trip to Sunderland in the FA Cup and then Manchester City and Aston Villa. Um, January could be, uh, you know, the worst possible start to Newcastle United's year. Or, let's let's flip it on its head, it could be the best start. Um, you know, a lot of work to do for Eddie Howe and his boys between now and New Year's Day. Absolutely. It is, a, Absolutely. it is a big, big run of fixtures coming up for Newcastle, that is for sure. It's been incredible, obviously, watching... Uh, obviously, six of the last seven. I mean, we were sitting here a couple of weeks ago talking about Champions League. We were talking about Carabao Cup. You were still in that, obviously. And then all in being, you know, a couple of weeks has sort of, you know, been turned on its head. I thought, uh, obviously, as you said, Nottingham Forest played very well. I thought the Luton game, like we said on the Christmas Day uh, show, it, it, it was emotionally charged sort of thing. And it was always going to be, especially with Tom Lockyer, their captain. And they were obviously playing with a little bit more emotion in their back pocket. But... Yeah, it was Newcastle for me. Uh, what was interesting was, yeah, you know, the, the, just just the lack of. It, it was actually probably the flip side. I will say is is the the star of your show was a seventeen year old Lewis Miley who continues to run the show for Newcastle at seventeen years old. Outstanding, yeah. uh, outstanding performance from Lewis Miley. It has to be said. Uh, uh, another player to probably come out with some credit yesterday was Alexander Rizak. Bearing in mind he's just one of the numerous players who's coming back from injury. He was almost yeah. back to his best yesterday. I mean, he took his penalty well. Um, you know, he, 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 his, his overall involvement was really good. I, I saw yeah, criticism of the, as well. I saw criticism of some players. I saw people criticising the likes of Bruno, etc. And I, I thought Bruno had a decent game. I, I mean, he, he ran the midfield for 75 minutes, but just you know, just just didn't get the breaks. And it, you know, it's one of those things. I think the back four doesn't come out of it with any, you know, collectively doesn't come come out of it with any praise whatsoever. Um, a lot of criticism of Dubravka. This bad run that we've had coincides with Nick Pope's mm -hmm. injury. Um, and 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 you know, there's a lot of people pointing the finger, saying well, perhaps that's where we should strengthen. Of course, linked with De Gea for the last few weeks and. Potentially people saying that we should be going for maybe Aaron Ramsdale. Um, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of decisions to be made by, by yeah. the Newcastle United board of directors and, and owners. And, um, you know, I, I think we learn more about our owners uh, in this next four weeks than we'll learn about anything else. Because, you know, should Newcastle have this, this, this horrendous start to the year compounded with bad, in, uh, bad results... Um, yeah. Are they going to have a decision to make with Eddie Howe? Are they going to have to decide? I, I watched his I watched his interview after the after the highlights on match of the day last night, and Eddie Howe was very very emotional. Um, you could hear it in his voice. Yeah. You could hear how upset he was personally. Um, look, there's lots of rumours flying around, none of which we can discuss on a show um, this morning. But there are rumours <laughs> abound about at least two players at St James's Park, and and if those rumours are half true, um, then you think, well, potentially what's going on off the pitch is is, is probably having an effect in that dressing room as well. And, and, and that, that causes me concern because obviously that's something which, you know, we will, we will never find out, I would imagine, unless a newspaper breaks one or both stories. And, and you think that that kind of thing doesn't have a positive effect in a dressing room. And just got to hope that that isn't true and that this is simply a football matter um, and that Newcastle yeah. can Newcastle can push on and, and try and regain the form that, that, that they had a few weeks back. I mean, you know, it's only a few weeks ago we were sitting on the, on the show talking about Newcastle, you know, potentially getting into the, the last 16 of the Champions League, 
getting back to Wembley in the Carabao Cup and how well they were doing in the Premier League because they'd just beaten Chelsea and just beaten Manchester United. And, and you know, mm. you look at it, you look at it and think, well, <laughs> you know, this is like a different team. It, it's it, so that doesn't happen overnight. It, it's not as if there's a switch, a switch flicked, and everyone just suddenly goes, "Oh, we know how to stop Newcastle." This is. There was no high intensity yesterday. There was no pressure. There was no. Nah, there was no know, press. There was not. There was none of that yesterday. There was none of that yesterday. And, and, it, and I guess it's easy for us all to say, "Well, it's down to the injuries. It's down to this. It's down to that." But mm-hmm. there's, there's something else. There's something else going on. That's that. That's the problem it's- we've got. It, it seemed like, Steve, that they, they were almost like, it was either hesitant or, or scared to make mistakes at times. There was nobody like sort yeah. of willing to take risks. And yet, the only one that, for me, I mean, you, you know, I was watching the game as well there. For me, the person who was wanting to take the risks was, was Lewis Miley, and, and yeah. that was paying off. You know, it's taken a 17 year old kid to actually almost lead the standard at the minute. I mean, that's, yeah. that's six defeats in seven, mate. I mean, I know we joke about it, but you're now looking at that derby, and if Debbie, uh, Debbie, <laughs> if Eddie yeah. Howe, I can't talk. Debbie? I'm still, oh, Debbie, I'm still yeah, full. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah still Debbie Howe. Yeah. <laughs> Debbie Howe. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's done it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Eddie, Eddie Howe, dear me, come on. Hang on, I've got somebody else's teeth in. All right, we're sorting it out. If Eddie Howe is still there by the time of that derby, that just places so much importance and possibly on his career prospects at Newcastle United as well. Yeah, it's a big test for Eddie Howe. I mean, and, and he knows it as well. He knows that he knows he's under pressure and he knows what's around the corner. And he, he shrugged it off in his interviews pre-Christmas that, you know, um, I'm looking forward to it. But um, I think the next time he sits in front of the press before the, uh, the Liverpool game, uh, that there are going to be questions asked, and 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 you know this is this is a big 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 test for him. So we, we will wait and see what happens with, with with him. I've got faith in him to get through this this blip. But um, wow, yeah, I just didn't expect those results over Christmas, lads. Uh, I didn't. So um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a big it, it's a big test for him coming up. But look, it's not all lost. We are still you know we are still nicely placed in the league. We need to find some form again. And uh, of course, we've got that huge game against Sunderland coming up. So um, you know, so plenty to look forward to on on a football, you know, on the football side of things. Anyway, but uh, I, I I could be rocking backwards and forwards in a chair, um, <laughs> mut- mut- muttering by the end of January, lads. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Do you feel like the absolutely. fan reaction, Steve, was fair enough? I mean, we saw no. on social media you talking about. Um, Obviously, putting out there's no excuse for today, but a bit of perspective. I thought it was actually, you know, quite quality from, you know, to, to look back at, at what Newcastle were to that they are now. And obviously, Champions League football, it's been a big season for you. But the comments and, and the replies to it have been shocking. And all the, all the, uh, you know, obviously, I've been, you know, I, I watch Newcastle, I follow it on social media as well. But the comments yeah. that I see popping up on social media from Newcastle fans seem to be <laughs> quite outrageous. I'm afraid that that platform, as I've discussed many times on here, X is, you know, it, it's something I tend not to go on. I certainly, I didn't have a drink yesterday. I went to the match and uh, I met up with my pals, but, um, you know, I, I, I just didn't have a drink and I came straight home. Normally after a defeat, I wouldn't, uh, or even sometimes after a win, I don't post on social media because it just, it, it takes mm-hmm. up your night. But I've I've learned the knack of just posting and then just shutting my phone off and, and, and popping yeah. back on before I go to bed. So, yeah, I, I expected a few of those things last night, um, so, you know, yeah. some, some 
some absolute fools on on some of these platforms. But um, overall, I think there was I think people you know understood what I was trying to say. You know, you, you yeah, need to yeah. have perspective. Um, you know, po- you know, look back to you look back to the the team three years ago um, in a game that that we played yeah. on Boxing Day. There are still uh, twelve players um, from that mm-hmm. squad who are still registered to Newcastle United fair enough yeah. uh, only nine of them probably playing you know in on a regular basis but that's uh, my my point was that's testament to the way that Newcastle United's manager Eddie Howe has changed things at St James's Park that's yeah. the pers- it was it was more of a supportive t- uh, tweet for for Eddie Howe than anything else you know that's the perspective yeah. people need to have he's turned around Almiron Joe Linton um, and, and many, many others at St James's Park with, with the way that he's managed them. And, he, he, you know, he deserves a bit of time. He deserves that opportunity. And I had to, that's twice in, in three days I've had to put a tweet out like that because I just yeah, think yeah. He, does, he does need a bit of yeah. support. And I think, um, you know, there was, there, was, there was probably a handful, and literally, I mean, a handful of people booing at the end of the game. Um, a lot of them will be new, people who've never been to St James's Park on a regular basis and who have just decided to have a go. I saw one or two, you know... I wouldn't say high-profile, uh, high-profile supporters. People who do podcasts, who you know, complete overreaction. Are they doing it for clicks? Are they doing it for likes? Are they mm. doing it just to create? They're a probably bit of no, no better. Probably, They've pro- got no idea probably. of balance and fairness and accuracy. But I think they're just looking for likes, Dave. I think they're just looking for likes and views, and you know, be as controversial. I think some people wait. Right. <coughs> yeah, I think. Well, I think yeah, exactly. I think they just look at. I think what they do is, I think they just look. The look at what the what the mass thinks, what the massive, what the what the mass population of Newcastle fans are saying on this particular platform, and then they go with that and and the, the, the hammer out that message, just to just to, just to get themselves that little bit of extra traction. Me, I'm just honest, you know, and you know, I I think genuinely that you know you know Notts Forest deserved the win yesterday. I mean, you know, they, they had yep. some they had some great performances. They got the, they got the game plan right, and you know, Newcastle just weren't at the race. They got caught short. They didn't have a plan B. That was that was the big that was the big disappointment yeah. for me. But yeah, you asked us about the fan reaction. I think some of it was over the top, and I think you know that's that's unfortunately what you get with social media. If you go down if yeah. you go down the pub afterwards and you have a chat with a lad, you, you do tend to get you just get normal conversation and perspective, and you, yeah. you know people people yeah. are people are being honest. But there is concerns. There is there is concerns yeah. from, from from me and my mates. Well, I mean me and the lads from a. Here we go. First, last one of the year. NUFC matters. Uh, going out today for our <laughs> annual for our annual get together. Um, so we will be chewing the fat, no doubt, over the um, you know over the over the table, over uh, you know yeah. over, over over our wine and food today, and having a chat about what was what what was right, what is wrong, and how how it can change. Um, mm. But it's. Yeah, it's it's just left a sour taste in our mouth. And after all, yeah, that, yeah. after what has been such a fantastic year, qualification yeah, yeah. for the Champions League, getting to a cup final, narrowly missing out against Manchester United, you know, yeah. having such a great a great run in the group of death, and getting to the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup again. This has been a wonderful, wonderful year as a Newcastle yeah, fan, yeah. and having a team. That tried, which is all we really wanted. You know, we don't demand success; we just demand a team that tries. You know what? Yep. We should be proud of the lads going out of 2023. Instead, we're going out, and because people only remember the recent results, they don't remember. You know, the, the, the people have just almost forgotten what's gone, gone before. Yeah. Um, it's just sad. It's sad that this is the way that the year is ending. But yeah. you know, we've just got to hope that Newcastle can find it within themselves, and we know they can. 
to pull out a result at either Anfield or at home against Manchester City, um, you know, or away at the Villa. Those three games in the Premier League are key. And, you know, yeah. this this season could be quickly flipped on its head again with three, you know, three good results. If we can walk away with five points out of those three games, you know, a draw at Anfield, a draw at Villa and a win against Man City at home, because it's possible. We've beaten them already this season, don't forget, in the Carabao Cup. Um, Newcastle really could, you know, could flip things on its head. So, yeah, you know, let's, let's, let's see what happens. But we've talked too much about a team that's been defeated. You need to be <laughs> talking about Real Madrid. Wow. Yeah, uh, how quickly things turn. Please. How quickly things turn. <laughs> we want Beal out. Beal's garbage. Get him out of the door. He shouldn't even be in the job. Uh, you get B3-0 off Coventry, which I know Rye was desperate to talk about. Um, oh, yeah. But, but, then, but then yesterday, a defensive masterclass, catching a, a, a good old smash and grab, and, and, and a 1-0 yeah. win in front of the... In, in front of the other top player in Europe, who uh, you know, he's becoming a bit of a Sunderland fan, isn't he? Uh, old uh, Bellingham's brother. Yes, yeah, yeah. Jude was there again. Uh, obviously, he's taken in two games now over the Christmas period. And uh, the first one, he must have been <laughs> well, thinking, "Well, I was signing next week, mate. Madrid. Signing." <laughs> That's it. That's it. Well, you've already like alluded to one of my headlines. Speaking of which, before we get on to Sunderland, should we have some sports headlines first? We should, and I think there's only one place to start, and that's with the winners. As hard as it is. <laughs> Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. And it is a good morning, isn't it? It's nice to get that winning feeling back. Remember that what that's like, lads? Anyway, Michael Beale insists he won't lose too much sleep about Sunderland being labelled a one-man team after Jack Clark's latest show-stealing display. Clark's 11th goal of the season fired the Wearsiders in back into the top six against Hull City yesterday to lift the gloom after Beale's nightmare start in Saturday's 3-0 home defeat by Coventry. The new gaffer said, You can say there's a bit of reliance on Jack, but any team in the Championship would have a reliance on him as he's such a good player and we make allowances for him to do what he does. I'm delighted for him to score a goal like that. Meanwhile, Sunderland fans are still waiting for an official update as Niall Huggins looks set for another lengthy layoff after he was stretched off with what looked like a serious injury towards the end of Sunderland's 3-0 defeat against Coventry City at the Stadium of Light. Defender Huggins went to ground in obvious pain inside the last 10 minutes of the match. Sunderland still haven't given any details about the nature of the injury, but the recent newly appointed head coach Michael Bale said the 23-year-old would go undergo a scan and the early indications were that it was a bad injury. Another long spell on the sidelines will be tough for Huggins to take after he spent virtually all of his first two years as a Sunderland player out of action with various injuries. It's only this season he's returned fully fit and begun to fulfil his potential. And finally, Sunderland's footballing celebrity superfan Jude Bellingham was spotted at Hull City's MKM Stadium on Boxing Day. He was back in the stands as he watched his younger jo brother Job play. I need to lay off the Christmas sherry. And indeed, start the move that led to the winning goal. Decked in his red and white scarf, Jude was all smiles this time as he previously witnessed that 3-0 drubbing by Coventry City. Presumably, he's back in the UK enjoying a small winter break from Real Madrid and not angling for a move to the stadium alight and away from the Bernabeu just yet. And that's your morning ah. headlines. Smoggies and Proud. Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. It's over. It's over. Borough have lost to Rotherham 1-0 and that's it. The fans have had enough. Sack everyone, sell all the players and start again. That was just some of the reactions to the Boxing Day defeat on social media.
Never mind the great 1-0 win over West Brom. Burrow were unable to find the back of the net all at all against Rotherham. Greenwood and Silva both missed glorious chances as Burrow would dominate a possession, but were only to lose to what can be described as a cross gone wrong that sailed over Tom Glover, and you would celebrate it Cantona style due to the nature of the shock it went in. But the biggest talking point will be that again of a referee decision, denying an obvious penalty to Alex Bangura left Michael Carrick baffled with no spot kick awarded, and Carrick told the Northern Echo that he didn't understand the decision. I'm just baffled, he said. To be honest, I don't like criticizing referees, but they obviously have a tough job. And that's not even a tussle or a slight trip. It's a blatant, he just takes him out. Alex has got all the momentum going past him, and for the life of me, I can't understand how it's not given. It's a massive moment, and the less I say about it, the better, probably. It's pointless speaking to the ref. What's he going to say? His reasons or not, I'm not going to agree with it. We can all see how clear, clear the day it was. But listen, I can't blame that on the result today because we didn't score in the end and we created more than enough to score. When you don't get a decision and, and as obvious as that, though, it's just crazy. It is crazy. Don't worry, I'm talking to PGML. And rumors are circulating around Hayden Hackney with some Borough fans feeling he is already out the door. Hayden has been out of the squad for a number of weeks now as Carrick described it as a small niggle, but fans and pundits have now in belief that Hayden has been sold and won't play again for the Borough. Time will only tell if this rumor has any substance, but the best thing is that Hayden did sign a new deal with the Borough this summer, signing a new four-year deal. If any team was to come in or have already signed Hayden, it would have been for a large sum of money to get him past that deal. Time will tell again if that rumor has any substance or if it's true. I'd like to believe the latter that it's not and that Hayden is just out with a niggle, but time will tell. January around the corner. Don't worry, Borough fans. I'm optimistic as ever. We'll be right onto Huddersfield. That is your Borough headlines. Magpies and Proud, Mag News. Well, after going away to Luton and losing uh, in our first Christmas fixture, Boxing Day saw Newcastle unexpectedly but deservedly conclude their 2023 fixture programme on a very, very low note as their travel sickness extended the St James's Park. And the sickness super spreader was a face very familiar to Eddie Howe on his side, former Magpie Chris Wood returning to his old home and claiming an improbable hat-trick 12 months to the day that he was on the uh, target for the team. Having conceded just four goals in that opening nine home games, Newcastle conceded three times yesterday in 20 minutes, and they were left leaden footing on each occasion by lightning forest counter-attacks uh, by the likes of Gibbs White. It had all looked so different when Isaac converted the spot kick he earned midway through the opening period, Aina clipping his foot as he tried to turn onto a fine pass from Lewis Miley in front of the Gallagher end. But a treble from the much maligned wood sent us all home to wallow into our turkey and chocolate. Dubravka's return has statistically coincided with the collective loss of form. Of all the injuries we've suffered this season, I feel that Nick Pope's uh, has been by far the costliest. Eddie Howe did speak post-game about being punished by Forrest's transition but his own side's downward shift from a feared force to an easy target is of equal concern for me. And Newcastle have failed to win any of their year-ending top-flight games since 2014, when they beat Everton 3-2 at home. They did beat Forest 3-1 at home in the last game of the 2016 season in the Championship. And there's been a few TV changes. Luton Town at home on the 3rd of February is uh, 3 o'clock kickoff, no TV. Saturday the 10th sees Forest away, that's now on Sky at 5.30. The 17th of February, no TV game, Bournemouth at home, uh, but back on television on the 24th of February, Arsenal away, 8 o'clock kickoff on TNT. 
That's in Newcastle headlines on Wednesday morning. Ted, Rye and Steve, the North East Footy Breakfast. Right across the North the roads, the cat and the town. I honestly don't know what's going on with my mouth this morning. It just doesn't work. <laughs> well, I don't know whether it's full of stuffing and duck still or what, but wow. Honestly, I, I can only apologise, gentlemen. I'm a, I, I will <laughs> try harder to articulate my words in a, in a manner that is becoming of a gentleman. Uh, anyway, I'm starting the day with a bottle of DP, mate. That's what's caused you the problem. Try, um, try one of those tongue twisters. Isn't it? Red lorry, yellow lorry, red lorry, yellow oh, lorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there's me a one that's about uh, Chuck Chuck. And there's, uh, I'm not the pheasant plucker. Oh, no, we won't go there. No, 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 no. If your mouth is not working, we're not using that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to say what the fact today, that's for sure. Yeah. Imagine yeah absolutely, that. yes. It's. It's it's taking it's uh, it's taking it's winter season break. <laughs> you can have too much of a good thing, you know. Uh, but like me, I've just got on the scales for the first time yesterday. Jeez, honestly, you. I've got some work to do in 2024. Don't man. worry, Absolutely mate. Absolutely, Don't worry. We're all there. We're all there with you. We'll help you. Oh, well, well, I need it. Crikey. Anyway, I'm let's let's any, talk Sunderland, I'm, I'm shall we? Any let's talk at that the northeast winners. <laughs> well, we're going to do Sunderland. Is it is it Sunderland now? Yes, yes, let's. Let's, oh, I'll be let's back talk in about the Coventry game, though. I was going to talk about the Coventry game and, and just say what a yes. difference. And there was a couple of key things. Now, I'm not going to dwell on the Coventry game too the much. Stadium there's, of there's light work. Said about it. Yes, it was, um, it was a disappointing show, a very, very disappointing show, considering, you know, good crowd in, 41,000 plus again, expecting to see, you know, us really take it to Coventry City because as we've already discussed many many times we hate them um, so yeah it was just it was one of those games where I'm looking at the stats after going how have we even lost that let alone 3-0 because the chances we had we could have put that game to bed very very early doors but playing uh, Abdullah Bar up front was a gamble um, he gets into positions really really well um, I'll give him that um, but I've seen his barn door and it is spotless, gentlemen. Um, he is absolutely the worst striker of a ball I've seen in a Sunderland shirt since John Stead. And that, that's, that's, wow. that's taken it to great extremes, that one. Wow. Um, I like John Stead. <laughs> there are T-shirts still kicking around. I think it was a Love Supreme fanzine actually printed some saying, I saw John Stead score. Um, that's how rare it was in a Sunderland shirt. But there you go. Um, no, it, it was it was poor selection tactics, um, and you know, I think Dodsey almost has to take that one. I know everybody's on Michael Beale's back, uh, me included to a certain extent, because we're still a little bit juries out over it, you know. Um, but Dodsey apparently had prepared the team for that one. He he has been known to tinker with things a little bit, and I just think it was it was horrendously wrong. Keeping those three strikers on the bench must be destroying their confidence as well. Um, playing Abdullah Bar as a main striker yeah. through the middle yeah. nah, bad gamble, really really bad gamble um, he, he had chance after chance to put it away we should have been looking at 2-0 up by half time oh, and, yeah. and it's, 20 and shots a totally to 10 mate game. And that, yeah, it, it wouldn't have been you know, <laughs> if, if Sunderland had won by 3-0 you would have went yeah well fair play, look at the stats you know but Obviously, the, the biggest stat of them all is sticking the goals away and, and keeping a yeah, clean sheet. Please, and please, I'm mention please, don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
the, the other thing as well from, from no 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 not yet <laughs> um, the other thing from the game against Coventry was was again and I'm, I'm, I'm sick of saying it now Luke O'Nine's defending was absolutely appalling and now I'm mm. starting to say this on social media I know Steve it's not the greatest um, source of, of accurate data for footballer matches but it's not there's a growing number of Sunderland fans now really really kind of getting it in for Luke uh, and, and he is a lovely lad he, he, you know, he is Mr Sunderland and all that but you cannot be out of position like that when you're playing against sides. Coventry City yeah. were 90 minutes away from getting into the Premier League last season. They're no more. Their, their position this season, all right, they're, they're further down than what they, they usually are. Don't write them off, though. There's always somebody who makes a late run towards the end of the season into the playoffs. And, you know, you could do worse than back Coventry City to do that. Luke O'Neill's defensive positioning was absolutely horrendous against Coventry. That's all I'm going to say on the Coventry game because it was addressed and what was a very, very good away performance yesterday against a side who have got aspirations like our own. Um, we do still feel, I think, I think it's a, a genuine feeling that the top two are too far gone now in the Championship and it's basically a bit of a bun fight to see who gets the, the, the playoff positions and what position you get in that to make it easier for you to get through. Um I thought the organisation of it, obviously Jensen Sealed came back into the side um, after after Niall Huggins' horrendous injury. That that looks a really, really bad one for the kid. Uh, it's, I, I do fear for him because yeah, that did not look good. Two, two years of injuries and then this again. Yeah. Uh, kind yeah, of, it doesn't it just look looks bad for the lad. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he does make a full recovery. But, but um, the screen? Yeah, you've got to feel for oh. the kid. Yeah. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's the screen crazy. was well, the knee, mate. This is still of it, which is absolutely horrendous to look oh, at when the knee goes yuck. the wrong way, and it's just yeah. It oh, is. I do fear for him because he's he's looked absolutely fantastic. Both fullbacks, no. just, you know, they give crunching tackles, they give everything. They're the two players I think who've who've been the most consistent for Sunderland this season. So for Huggins, absolutely gutted for the lad. But. Obviously, somebody had to step into the fray, and and rather than sort of shuffle it and put all nine out at fullback, where he's equally as horrendous, um, he put Jensen Silt in, um, the the giant Dutchman in as a right back. Couple of eyebrows raised over that one, but to be honest, um, a couple of shaky moments towards the end of the game. Obviously, you're holding an or one nil uh, a one nil lead and trying to get the three points, but other than that, I thought Silt was absolutely brilliant. It's only his second um, second start for the club. He gave such an assured performance in, in defence. Ultimately, I'd love to see him shuffled into that, that centre-back role. And obviously, you know, once we get a couple of injuries sorted and people back up to speed, it could spell the end for, for 0-9's run as in the starting eleven. I would imagine. Um, I think Michael Bale will want to put his own stamp on the team eventually. And I think that will be one of the players that, that has to be sacrificed and just to shore up a, a bit of a leaky defence this season. Um, Patterson much much better. Um, I think some of the some of his habits of rolling it out of the the fullbacks when they've been marked. Obviously that happened against Coventry City. We got we got caught. It's happened a couple of times in the season. I think somebody's had a word because Patterson was a little bit more direct with his footwork in the last couple of, uh, in the game yesterday. So he looked better. Uh, but Jack Clark, I mean, there was there was some of the, some points where I'm thinking, is it going to happen? Because he, he kind of you know he tries to make it happen every single time. Same as Paddy Roberts. Paddy Roberts is going to get a goal soon. I'm, I'm I promise you that. But Clark just took that goal so well. It's you can see what's coming. You you know that obviously when we play with these inverted wingers, you, you know he's going to you know try and cut inside at some point. 
and when he does it and does it well, there's absolutely no beating him. Uh, it was a beautiful finish into the, into the bottom right hand corner. Uh, keeper had absolutely no chance whatsoever. And look, it's one win, but it's one win that propels you back into the playoffs. And all of a sudden, everything's looking rosy again. And you kind of mm-hmm. you've got three defenders coming back into the squad, back from injury. One of them's never played for us yet, Pembele, who we got from PSG. Everybody's saying great things about him. So while I know, obviously, with the other two Northeast teams, it's been a bit of a sort of a, 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 a damp end of the year. Um, things at Sunderland might just be looking up. Um, and yeah, let's wait and see. Look, it's one game. Let's take one game at a time. But I think we're in a, a lot better place than what we were after that Coventry City game, and rightly so. Yeah, no, no, it was incredible for for the stats, obviously. And if you're a stats man, you know, stats don't really read uh, as much as, as, as the game can tell you as well. I mean, suddenly coming off with, you know, with an amazing Jack Clark moment. If you haven't seen the goal, Jack Clark, uh, obviously, is just a wonderful, wonderful midfielder, a winger as well. And he's got to be the eyes of some big clubs in January. He has to be. Uh, Ted Off's obviously telling me there that it's... Uh, He's not going to be sold, but literally Sunderland have got a big, big star in Jack Clark. But the possession stats will read 57% to Hull, 43% to Sunderland, but 17 yeah. shots to Sunderland to Hull's 10. And uh, I did go back and watch the highlights. Obviously, the Borough game was on at the same time, but watching the highlights, you had definitely many chances. Jack, with obviously Roberts and, and Jack Clark down those wings, you know, it, it, any team's going to have trouble with that. I thought Hull were a good team as well. Um, and it was a very good, impressive uh, performance. You know, I, I rate Jack, their, um, their centre-back Greaves. I think he's a very good centre-back. Yeah. Uh, Seri as well, obviously, is a Premier League um, mid-holding centre-mid as well. So it was good to see um, someone being able to break hull down at home as well. So that was a very good win. Uh, obviously, coming off the back of Coventry, you were probably thinking doomsday if uh, it was two defeats in two yeah. starts for Beal. But he's managed to, you know, obviously... Uh, have you know have a loss to Coventry and as you said Coventry I feel like you're absolutely right are on a bit of resurgence they'll probably start climbing back up that um, that table now they always do it for some reason uh, but they leave it late just like we did last year Coventry left it to around about now and then they started pushing and they know we all know that we just yeah. ended up playing them in the playoffs so it, you know it is it is um, about time that Coventry started kicking into gear a bit and it looks like they're doing that now so yeah, look, it, great, good result for Sunderland, good result for Michael Beale, puts him back in the playoffs. You can't be, you know, results are pretty much what you want. You know, if, if, if you know, you can hate a manager, you can hate a player, but if, they, you know, they're getting results for you, then pretty much all is merry and everything else is forgotten about. So, but let's flip it over. Let's talk about Middlesbrough now because I want to get it out of the oh, way. Are we done with Sunderland? Are we, um, are we, oh, yeah, okay, we're, we're okay, done. Yeah. I just want to get Middlesbrough out of the way because I'm fretting <laughs> it like, I'm, I just, I just, it's like, a, it's like a, having a sore throat that you just want to get past. Well, you can have a bit had of a very good a, win on the weekend. You can have a bit of a cough, mate, while we take the sports news. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. we've got sports news, do we? Okay, all right. Yeah. Right, I'm going to worry about it a bit longer. Just trying oh, to help, mate. Who's yours at the day? Just trying to help. <laughs> all right, I'll be back tomorrow. Good night. The two, the cat, the red sport. Man City returned to Premier League action on Wednesday with a trip to Goodison Park after they spent the past week in Saudi Arabia competing and subsequently winning the Club World Cup. Everton boss Sean Dyche has played down the potential impact of Manchester City's successful expedition, along with a number of matches in recent weeks. Ahead of tonight's match, he says he's focused on the job at hand. Forget every bit of the noise you hear about this many fixtures, that many fixtures. I was only suggesting the balance over a season could have maybe didn't have been looked at. But from my point of view, we go, no, no, the next one's you know coming round, so we'll, get, we'll be ready for it. And I said, that's the kind of mental I'm trying to build here. 
Meanwhile, Liverpool moved top of the Premier League after Darwin Nunes ended his goal drought in a 2-0 success at second bottom Burnley. Victory for the Reds lifted them two points above Arsenal, who hosts West Ham on Thursday. And in Rugby Union, Cardiff extended their impressive winning run over local rivals Dragons to 18 league games by handing out a Boxing Day thrashing at a sold-out Arms Park. An abysmal first-half effort from bottom club Dragons saw them completely outgunned by a slick home side. Ted, Rye and Steve, the North East Footy Breakfast. Right across the North East, the Reds, the and the Ten. Fellas, did you hear that? How many, how many oh, rounds has Sean Dyche been swallowing? Hang on a second. That was hilarious. Right. Christmas that. cake, oh. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah he I, was, I, yeah. I've got to try my best. That, that was the Green City return. Yeah. 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 Here we go, hang on, where's this ball? Sorry, mate. noise you hear about this many fixtures, that many fixtures. I was only suggesting the balance of it. Oh, my goodness, me. Now, that's what I'm going to sound like tomorrow morning, lads. <laughs> Imagine missing in front of goal and getting getting the talking to from that, mate. Oh my goodness, mate. Jeez. Jeez. You wouldn't forget it, would Absolutely you? He's either been bought a box, box of razor blades to swallow for Christmas or or, or 120 <laughs> fags a day, isn't he? I mean, it's brilliant. <laughs> he sounds like a boxer that's just copped one to the throat, I swear. It's crazy. But yeah, yeah, no, very, very uh, interesting there. Actually, Ted, one thing I do want to talk about with Sunderland just quickly as well is Bradley Dak. Uh, we were joking yeah. about it in our little the group chat that we don't talk about, but he <laughs> does he has come off injured again. Um, yeah, it's not really worked out for Dak at Sunderland, has it? Nah, nah, it doesn't. Um, I know, I know, it was one of the the signings that Mowbray wanted to make, and um, he put a yeah. lot of pressure on the board to, to actually go out and sign him. There are signs there that there's a good player, but to be honest, since the injuries he's had, even at Blackburn. He's, he's not half the player he used to be. It's he's, rife, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Apparently, he's a great lad to, to have around the, the dressing room. Um, he needs to address the fact that he is going bald uh, and just just cut the hair <laughs> off, Bradley. Just 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 shave it off, son. Uh, you're not you're not fooling anyone. There's a little bit of a Let solar panel at the back, Bradley. Let's 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 just do it, Mister Dak. Get it shaved, please. Honestly. Um, other than that, yeah. Look, I think he was signed on a one-year deal anyway. Um, I don't expect any extension to that. I think no. Dak will probably be be shown the door um, come come the summer anyway, at least. Uh, but there's a few players like that. Um, you know, obviously, you've got Corey Evans, who's coming back from injury yeah, still. True. I don't think yeah. we'll see him in a Sunderland shirt again. Um, I do think that we need an injection of some experienced players in that, because when you talk about Dak going and you talk about Corey Evans going... They are your older statesmen, as it were. There's rumours that Pritchard probably won't get renewed, although the coaching staff are big fans of him. Um, you know, as far as his technical ability is concerned, maybe he might be one that we do hang on to. But yeah, uh, Dark again. It was a it was a bit of a uh, eyebrow raiser when it, when he was announced as playing up front as well. It was just a, yeah, just a strange it was. selection again with this false I'd- nine thing. But yeah. I've got to say, though, on the flip side of that, obviously, I think we put down Dak as one of probably the, the not best signings that Sunderland have made. Obviously, a Mogga man that he wanted, and it's not worked out. Dak's obviously well past it now since injury. But on the flip side in the of that... In scheme of Patterson, things, mate, he's a world beater yeah. compared to some of the crap we've yeah. had in the past. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean you've, you've, you've done very, very well in a certain striker that's left for Southampton. Confirmed that he's out for the season. You've turned that into 13 million in Ross Stewart. What a deal that was How for is that, uh, what, what a, a deal, deal that's turned out to be. And, and Ross Stewart is now confirmed to be out till March of 2020. 
24, if not yeah. longer. I mean, what a deal for Sunderland that's turned out to be. It's it's a great deal for Sunderland, um, but but I take no joy out of that because uh, Ross Stewart. Look, let's be honest. On his day and in form and fully fit, Ross Stewart is one of the best strikers in the championship, if not the best striker in the championship, and that's bar none, absolutely bar none. Um, he's a very calm finisher. He's one of those. He's an Ian Rush style. Uh, you know, passes the ball into the net. He never has to welly it or anything like that. Um, positional player, very very good. Uh, but I, I genuinely fear for Ross now. Um, yeah, he, I don't know how he comes back. back that was my next question. Injury, well, this is it, because, look, if he does get back on, on schedule from this injury, he's going to have missed 22 months out of the last 24 in football. And wow. I'm sorry, but you, you cannot spend that long out of the game and be the same player. You, you need consistency, you need to be on the pitch, you need to be on the training pitch. Uh, you can't just be... You know, spending 22 months in rehab, and even then he's not yeah. because a lot of that is rest time to actually get over various operations. Um, yeah, I genuinely think that's that's the Do last thing we'll at that level. That's that was my next question. Do you think he's done at this level? Yes. I mean, yeah, he's 26. I, I, I think it is. Yeah, he'll yeah. go back wow. to Scotland. Um, you know, and he'll he'll do all right as a journeyman up there. Uh, probably probably yeah. top score in the Scottish Premier League, which is about League One standard anyway. Um, yeah, if we're honest. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think he'll go back up north. Um, but as far as championship and any, any kind of Premier League ambition, that's gone. I'm afraid it's very, very sad because he, he's a he's a talented player. Um, it didn't work out from at Sunderland because of the contract situation. He did want more money, but my God, what a bullet we've dodged! And obviously, you know, we can go and spend those millions on bringing in three strikers who are going to hit the ground running and score lots of goals. Oh, oh wait, hang on, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. Well, no, that's all I wanted to ask because, yeah, I honestly thought... I think, obviously, Dak... There's two There's two sort of opposite ends of, of a story there. In Bradley, Dak, obviously, signing for Sunderland. I think he's done. The poor bloke's just got so many injuries. He was a great talent back in his day when he was fit. Prior to that injury oh, at Blackburn, he, no one could yeah. stop him. It, you know what I mean? He was incredible as Dak, and he had, he, could, he had feet that could beat anyone on his day. Yeah. But then, yeah, yeah you, you flip that on on the Ross Stewart, where Sunderland have done a great bit of business in there in, in, in identifying that Ross obviously had some injury plague and they've sold him to Southampton for you know, for that amount of money. And then he's obviously been out for that long. You know, I mean, it's it's better than being on Sunderland's books as they look to, you know, <coughs> recruit in January. So, yeah, good little bit of, bit of business there for, for Sunderland as, you know, as you know, you look around and, and you see how quick Sunderland fans are to... To jump on your ownership and obviously the, the transfers in, yeah, yeah. In, in, in you know in coming and goings, I guess you could say it was just you know it's just one thing I was wanted to you know from an, from a mutual looking inside I thought you know it was a great bit of business to, to, for, for Sunderland to turn that into thirteen mil. Absolutely, mate. I have a mutual question for you as well. Funnily enough, I know yeah. we're going to get on to Middlesbrough shortly. Um, no, and this we're not. Kind of leads this leads to it. Um, Chris Wilder, <laughs> your favourite person. Ugh. Um, well, had a pop at his Sheffield United players' attitude for the defeat he against does. Luton. Yeah, has he been found out already that he's an absolute yep. charlatan? <laughs> yep, completely and utterly. He literally, Chris Wilder, will never, ever blame himself. You know the type of guy that, like, you know, you're at school and they kick the bin over and you've seen him do it and then they said, no, nah, it wasn't me? It's literally, that's literally Chris Wilder. He, he would literally steal the cake from your plate. He'd have cake frosting around his lips. He'd look at him and go, oi, mate. And he'd be like, I, was, I didn't eat it. You know, it, it's literally <laughs> everyone else's fault. 
accept him. And, and it was the same at the Borough. He went straight. To, as soon as you start blaming the, blaming the players, who play for you, by the way, Chris, yep. they play for you, for goodness sake. You, you just lost. You, I mean, you can't do that. In modern day football, when you've got young kids who are 19, 20 years old looking for leadership, they obviously haven't got it on the pitch. You know, they're minus 32 goals, nine points in the Premier League, clearly coming back down. And he's blaming everyone but himself. He came in there to do a job. He came in there to turn them around. He came in there to fix their issues. You can't go in there and then say, oh, this is their issues. They've got no confidence. I mean, you're meant to be the one that gives them the confidence. You know what I mean? You're meant to be the one that says, right, lads, jump on my back, run through this brick wall. Let's get it done. And, and they, you know, he just doesn't do that. And that's why I, I've said it straight from the start. This was my Wayne Rooney moment. I mean, we've seen Dave with the Wayne Rooney moment, and that's, you know, that's literally coming true very soon. Um, you know, the, Chris Wilder will not last at Sheffield United. He just won't. The bloke has got no substance to his coaching ability anymore. He looks to the players and he asks them to do what he wants them to do without giving them any support or backing or protection. As soon as they lose, it is their fault. As soon as they win, it is his because of him. It is literally like that with Chris Wilder. And it is, it is, it's a horrid, horrid style of management in this day and age when you've got young kids, you know, at, at your doorstep, you know, looking for someone to take, you know, to take them on. So, yeah. You know, Wilder, I, I honestly I honestly don't think Wilder sees out the rest of the season at Sheffield United. Something's just going to go horribly wrong there. He'll fall out with the ownership of something again. He'll say something mm-hmm. silly uh, and he'll have to be he'll be, have to be shown the door. That's 100% how I see Chris Wilder. And I doubt you'll see him back in management, especially at that level again. And it's still shocking to me that he got back at Sheffield United. But such is life, uh, you know, and uh, I, I just I feel for the Sheffield United players, especially the youngsters. Uh, that are there, uh, like Cameron Archer and stuff like that. Because Cameron Archer, we saw him yeah. at the Borough. We love him, don't we, Borough fans? You know, he was a fantastic striker. He's only young. He's got the world at his feet. And he's got a, he's got a manager there now that's saying that, you know, his confidence is shot and that he's, you know, he, he doesn't know how to play football. So, well done, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought you might have a few things to say on that one. Steve, have oh. you ever had like, sort of a, a manager who you, you, you're absolutely, like, kind of stunned? Yeah, I mean, for, from recent history, it's got to be Rude Hullard for me. Um, simply because he was arrogant <laughs> and loved himself. <laughs> um, I, I know a lot of Newcastle fans don't like Kenny Daglish, but you know, I got to know Kenny very well. Um, right, right from the off, you know, he, he was he was spot on Daglish, and he just had bad luck losing Shearer at um, at Everton to that horrendous injury, um, and the club obviously doing the right thing. Uh, selling selling Les Ferdinand, you know, to bring some money into the coffers. But then obviously when, when Shearer got injured, you know, they tried to you know they tried to persuade him to stay and he, he decided to um he decided, you know, that he'd already made the deal with Spurs and he had to leave. And that reflected badly on Daglish because then he ended up with John Dahl Thomason up front with Ian Rush and John Barnes, you know, and we're yeah. not talking Barnes and Rush of, you know, the nineteen eighties Liverpool vintage. days. But, <laughs> no, we're talking about, you know, they're ready for the Nakas yard. So it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't great for us. Unfortunately, and Daglish suffered because of that. But for me, you know, Rude Hullet in in recent times, I guess if we're going to go through the, you know, the the 14 years that Mike Ashley ran the club, there are a couple of contenders in there. Um, you know, Joe Kinnear. Um, I think it was just the embarrassment <laughs> of having Joe Kinnear yeah. as your manager and sitting I, down. I listened were... to that interview 
Can you remember the, the interview press on TalkSport? The press conference. Do, yeah. And it was, what oh, was he? He was uh, Charles Insomnia and Johan Kebab. Yeah. He was referring that was, to the players. I mean, that, I mean. That, that was hilarious in itself. But then he did the press conference, like his first press conference with the Newcastle United, um, like, you know, local journalists, etc. Yeah. And I think it was 33 expletives in, 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 the, in the press conference, mainly aimed at Simon Bird from the Daily Mirror. Um, who reveled in the fact that he'd he'd managed to get them, and it was it was because he'd been told about you know the, you know that some of the some of the national press would have it in for him, and he just decided to have a go. I mean, he he'd clearly you know he clearly had a a few drinks before he'd gone on, and and just decided to have a pop. So it was, um, but I mean, it, you know, I actually met Joe yeah, He's actually a top bloke. Um, you know, got to know him quite well. Saw the record. Um, and, and I asked, I asked him about that, and he, you know, he just said, "Well, you know, I just didn't want them to, didn't want him to give us any bad press, you know." Well, you know, he he he'd written the story <laughs> for them by going and doing that, but he was, you know, I think it was just the embarrassment of having him. Uh, Steve yeah. McLaren is another one um, who, oh, of course, oh, is a legend. Steve McLaren. He, he's, a le- he's, he's a legend at some clubs, and and that's because he's a, he's a really he's a really good coach, but he's not a manager. Um, and he was thrust into the job at Newcastle United, um, and and you know, uh, you know, again, just somebody who couldn't pick his nose um, as far as Newcastle was concerned. He he genuinely he genuinely didn't know what he was doing. Um, and and I, I, you know, we've got a list here, haven't we? Sam Allardyce um, at Newcastle. Sam Allardyce, yeah. Nightmare. Really? Yeah. Nightmare. I mean, from yeah, the moment that he came in with work. 21 backroom staff. There was, the, you know, he, he clearly pushed people's noses out of joint, and and I mean, if there, and if there's a reason for Newcastle going down that season, it's not Alan Shearer, it's Sam Allardyce. Um, you know, it was it was just crazy to to, to even contemplate having Sam Allardyce Took in the charge of Newcastle United. Yeah, I mean, it just I mean, literally the players that we had. You know that they came in were were, were substandard. Um, you know a lot of the, a lot of the deals. Um, you know were, were done with agents that Sam clearly worked with on a regular basis, and I guess the agents did okay out of it, but Newcastle didn't. Um, you know when when when, his, when you look back at the you look back at the thing, exactly. Um, you, you, you I'm know, hovering the, you over know, the, the players, off button. Don't worry. I know you are. The players, the players, the players I, I'm going to hear the beads of sweat form on his forehead there, Steve. If it was tomorrow morning, Dave, you'd need to cut us off because I'll have had a drink. But today I'm fine. Um, but yeah, the, you know, let, let's just let's face it. Like the, the players we bought in weren't, you know, we couldn't we couldn't recoup our money on them yeah. when we came to sell them, you know, sell them later on, and and they weren't very good at playing football. So it, it would look. We've had a whole host of them, mate, and I, and I know that I know Sunderland have had their fair share of managers. We, you know, New, Newcastle used to revel in Laurie McMenemy. Um, you know, I remember him coming in saying, "I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to get you out of this division." Um, but what you didn't realise was he was going to take you down or up. Um, yes. <laughs> but Sunderland have, had, Sunderland have had their fair share as well. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, David Moyes um, completely wrecked the club. You know, two games into a new season, saying we're going to be in a relegation battle, just sucked any of the confidence out of that squad. Um, his, his sort of reliance on signing old players as well. You know, the likes of Stephen Pienaar coming in, who was never a world beater, even when he was young, to be honest. Um, so yeah, Moyes is up there. Um, Phil Parkinson was absolutely dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. I, I honestly doesn't. I don't know how he gets a tune out of the Wrexham players. He actually looks like he's got a personality on the Wrexham documentary, um, which which came to a shock of many Sunderland fans, to be honest with you. 
because uh, that man was just the human equivalent of beige. You know, it was just dreadful to listen to. Uh, who else have we had in the past as well? Howard Wilkinson. Oh, my God. That was a dreadful <laughs> season as well. He took over from Peter Reid. Um, many fans always you know, tend to think that Reid should never have been replaced, certainly not with Wilkinson, who was just so out of touch with football and... Steve Cottrell is his, is his little puppet with his notebook on the sideline as well. They they were dark days, but yeah, it's, right. Do you th- do you think uh, do you think Chris Wilder's about the worst that Middlesbrough's had, or is that is the people who you think no. can uh, can top that like Strachan? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gary Monk. Say. Yeah, hello, Chris Wilder introducing Gordon Strachan. Yeah, and Gary Monk as well. We've had our fair share for sure. My goodness me, we've had some shockers in the past. Um, yeah, look, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's, you know, it's where, where do you start? I mean, even you say Gareth Southgate, unfortunately, even though he's England manager, you know, he came in and took us down to the, you know, the championship and we have never been back since, you know, uh, Gareth Southgate kind of started off for me after we had such a good run under that name, Steve McLaren. Uh, and then that era, it, then it just sort of started the sort of the, the yo-yo-ness of, of our managers. Ever since Southgate left, we had Gordon Strachan come in, Gary Monk in there as well. Um, you know, Moga came in and did a decent job. That's a question I wanted to ask you, though, uh, and i got one for you as well, Steve, but I wanted to ask you, Ted, where you think Moga, obviously the most recent ranks in times in terms of Sunderland managers? Oh, he's he's up there. For, I mean, Yeah, I was going to say, do you think he's, he's liked still? Oh, very much so, very much so, yeah. because it's his brand of football. You know, yeah. Make no mistake. I know. I know. Michael Bale is credited with with a similar um, style of his teams in the past. Mm. Um, but Mogger introduced that that brand of football into the club, and that's going to be long yeah. remembered by Sunderland fans. He's uh, he's somebody who will always be loved by the club, and and I'm talking absolutely loved. You know, up there with the likes of yeah. Quinney and people like that who were club legends, if you like. Um, yeah. I, I think Mogger will be very, very fondly remembered. And, and you know, if there yeah. ever came a time where he did come back to the club, uh, there wouldn't be any complaints. That's 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 a fact. Okay. And on to you, Steve, just quickly. I just wanted to ask you before we uh, obviously hit the news headlines. I wanted to ask you about Alan Pardew and where he sits here for you. Uh, I just remember that from the French Revolution <laughs> of him buying all those French players. But, I mean, you did have some success there. But where does, where does Alan Pardew sit for you in terms of, like, ranking as a Newcastle manager? I mean, Pardew, Pardew was one of those managers where, ultimately, you know, if he was chocolate, he would eat himself. He, he was very, very similar. <laughs> very similar to, to Rude Hullet. Very similar in that respect. However, however, I wasn't a fan who wanted Pardew out. And the reason I didn't want Pardew out was because he was very much a Mike Ashley man. He was a Mike Ashley yeah. appointment. And... A lot of rumours circulated Tyneside at the time when he was appointed that he was appointed because, you know, he 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 had a relationship, shall we say, with, with the chief executive at the time, Derek Lambias, and he was brought in because of a connection that he had with him. Enough said on that. But when yeah. he did come in, he got the respect of the dressing room. He he was allowed to sign players, which, you know, wasn't the case for previous managers. He was allowed... Well, he was working with... Um, he was working with a particular agent, wasn't he, at the time? It was a guy called Graham Carr, oh, who's was, was the father oh, of okay. Alan, Alan Carr, the comedian in the UK. And he basically was very well connected across Europe, but French, you know, French players in particular were, were his bag. And he had, this, he, had this, he had this remit of being able to go and, and, and deal with the clubs in France, pick up players for cheap, bring them to Newcastle, develop them and sell them on. 
um, you know, within a couple of years and Ashley loved the idea and it worked, let's face it. I mean, you know, he brought in Johan Kabay, um, who, mm -hmm. you know, basically no, not many people had heard of, but was on the, you know, was on the periphery of the, of the French squad. Yeah. And he came in ben and Arthur. he was a legend at Newcastle. He was a yeah. legend. And, mm. and because of because he came, his best mate wanted to come, of course, Matthew Debushi, who uh, did did very yeah. well yeah. as well. Yeah. And, the, and the rest history, we got a wonderful loan. I, I, I always point to this when people say, you know, would you, would you like to go in the loan market for Newcastle in January? Because, you know, we, we, we are desperate for one or two positions being strengthened in January at this moment in time. And I, I'd love to find the Loic Remy. Loic Remy came in, another mm -hmm. French player yeah. who hit the ground running, double figures in the Premier League in, in, on, on, on a loan spell. Somebody who I would love to have stayed at Newcastle. But, but ultimately... Pardew, Pardew did very well and he got us into Europe, which is another thing which, you know, I guess people skirt around and tend to forget. He got us into Europe and yeah. I, 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 think, uh, I think most Newcastle fans who've been around the block a bit like me would say, yeah, Pardew, Pardew, was, Pardew was okay and he was the right manager at the right time. I think, you know, when, okay. when we got rid of him, it was wrong. And, and, and another one in that period who was the right person um, was was Chris Hutton. You know, he came in and did a wonderful yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. He did okay as a yeah. caretaker, but then they gave him the job, uh, you know, permanently. He got us promoted in a wonderful promotion season, um, but then was treated badly. And you know, obviously, Pardew came in. Pardew got off to a bad start because he, you know he was, you know, it was like who killed Bambi when 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 Hutton <laughs> went, um, and, 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 and 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 it took Pardew a while to get through get through that whole Spoilers. kind of yeah. It was that that whole kind of. That whole kind of atmosphere around the club was, oh, Ashley's done it again. But when Pardew yeah. came in, I think, yeah, I think that there was a begrudging respect from him from, from the Gallagher, that has to be said. There you go. There was, okay. The Derby defeats didn't help Pardew as well, mind. I think that's that's no. that's ultimately what cost him. You know, again, <laughs> no. we talk about YouTubers, you talk about uh, True Geordie, who absolutely slated him at every opportunity. Um, and I, I <laughs> oh, think, True Geordie. I, I think the, uh, yeah, hi, yeah. Uh, remember him? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> he's done well. He's done it's, well, it's Jordy. He's done he has done. Well. He has done. Yes, I know. He's done it's, very uh, well. I, I, to be honest, he's I a used millionaire to look, off the back of YouTube, man. I used yep. to look for him on the uh, after every derby win and just enjoy his videos and enjoy the meltdown that used to ensue. Like and him just absolutely <laughs> losing the plot over Pardew. It was uh, it was manner from heaven. In fact, if if we do win on uh, you know if I mean it's a huge if. If we do win, I'll be looking all over for a true Geordie video, without a doubt. Like, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can drop it the true Mackham video or something at the start of your reign on YouTube. Oh man, I, I, I don't think I'm built for that. I'm, I've got a face for radio, without a doubt. <laughs> maybe, maybe you could do a cooking <laughs> show after the pictures that you were sharing on Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. Hi. Oh, glad it was just the pictures. Particularly the video. <laughs> My 89-year-old mother loved the video. Time for the news. <laughs> we saw a lot more of Ted at Christmas time, time for the news, boys. than we've ever seen before. Trust me. Mute him, Dave. Mute him. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink. The Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. Yeah, 
an interesting uh, off-air discussion there about uh, John Armour trading and Drop the Pilot, but there you go. One thing I'd like to point out, guys, Absolutely is, love that song. I know, so do I, even, do, even though Ted thinks it's an absolute nonsense. Um, it's what? Six I reckon minutes, it makes total sense. Six minutes past eight in the morning, I'm looking outside, it's still night time here. What the yeah, hell? Still dark, mate, still dark. Oh, come on. Oh, Although we are on the road to summer because we, we have had the longest day. Uh, shortest day, longest night. Yeah. Shortest day, I mean. That's yeah. the one, that's the one. You've already had it, have you? You've already had it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 21st, shortest day, you've had it, yeah. 21st of December, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. We so always have it the 24th of June. It's crazy that you guys have it <laughs> in yes, December. We're at the moment. You're heading to winter, yeah. we're heading to summer. I'm sorry to tell you that. Yes. We've got 32, 33 degree days here, ladies, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here in Australia. But I tell you, the storms are absolutely wild here. What are you eating? I've never, ever uh, in my life. I've got, what, are you, what are you eating? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not eating anything. What are you eating? I've got you garlic are, bread in my mouth. Um, garlic bread. <laughs> I've got garlic bread in my mouth. Oh, what? <laughs> Do you know, I've got, to, I've got to say congratulations, by the A big congratulations uh, to His Rhinus because... He's managed to go 67 minutes without mentioning Borough's defeat. Mm. <laughs> How good, right? Yeah, well, that's, that's about to come crushing down. Nah, <laughs> that's nah, why, got talent. That's Don't why you worry. That's why he's stuffed garlic bread in his mouth, because he can't talk then. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, I think believe me, he can still talk. He's not wrong. I He's mean, we could do the headlines, but then then I'm not going to speak, and Steve's not going to speak, and Dave's not going to speak, and we're just going to leave you to talk about Borough. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. We're, today I'm talking about gardening uh, and what's the plant before New Year's to have a brilliant bloom. What I want to uh, know is why, why is our Macken friend dragging me into this conversation about not talking? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, your biggest fear is silence on air. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, Steve bringing right? the, or Steve bringing a station into legal dispute. Oh, that, that is That's my no, biggest yes, fear. That, yeah. well, like, that yeah, is yeah, my yeah. biggest fear. Silence on air is nothing in comparison. Oh, in comparison so, to a lawsuit. So do you want... Do, do you want we, yeah, let's get the headlines out the way, fellas. Uh, Come on, let's do, do it. Start? We did Sunderland for... Uh, we'll start here. Magpies and Proud. Mag's News. Boxing Day saw Newcastle unexpectedly but deservedly conclude their 2023 fixture programme on a very, very, very low note as their travel sickness extended to St James's Park. And the sickness super spreader was a face very familiar to Eddie Howe and his side. It was former Magpie centre forward and New Zealander Chris Wood returning to his old home and claiming the most improbable hat-trick at St James's Park for many a year. 12 months to the day that he was scoring for the tune. Having conceded just four goals in their opening nine home games, Newcastle conceded three times yesterday in just under 20 minutes. We were leaden footing on each occasion and we were left uh, scratching our heads uh, by lightning forest counter-attacks. It had all looked so different when Isaac converted the spot kick that he'd earned midway through the opening period with Iona clipping his foot as he tried to turn on a fine pass from man of the match, Lewis Miley, in front of the Gallagher end. But a hat-trick from the much maligned wood sent us all home to wallow into our turkey and chocolate. Dubravka's return in goal has statistically coincided with our collective loss of form and of all the injuries that we suffered this season, I've got to be honest, Nick Pope's feels like by far the costliest so far. 
Eddie Howe did speak post-game after being punished by Forrest's transition, but his own side's downward shift from a feared force to an easy target is of equal concern to me. And uh, a couple of TV fixtures. Newcastle face Forest on the 10th of February. It's a 5.30 kickoff. It is live on Sky. And the 24th of February, Arsenal away, 8 o'clock, live on TNT. That's your Newcastle United headlines this Wednesday morning. Smoggies and proud. Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. I hope you're all fantastic, safe and well. Merry Christmas. Well, according to social media, it's over. Borough have lost to Rotherham, the team in last place. One nil, and that's it. The fans have had enough. Sack everyone, sell all the players and start again with some of the comments we saw uh, and the reactions to the Boxing Day defeat to Rotherham. But never mind the great 1-0 win over West uh, Brom on the weekend. Borough were unable to find the back of the net or at all against Rotherham. Greenwood and Silvera both missed glorious chances as Borough dominated possession but were to lose only to what can be described as a cross gone wrong. That sailed over Tom Glover and you would celebrate it in Eric Cantona style, standing there with a shock on your face. Such was the absolute glorious nature of the cross. But the biggest talking point will be that again of the referee decision, denying an obvious penalty to Alex Bangura, which left Michael Carrick baffled with no spot kick awarded. And Carrick told the Northern Echo that he didn't understand the decision. Michael Carrick said, I'm just baffled, to be honest. I don't like criticizing referees and they obviously have a tough job, but that's not even a tussle or a slight trip. It's a blatant that he just takes him out. Alex has got all the momentum going past him. And for the life of me, I can't understand how that's not given. It's a massive moment. And the less I say about it, probably the better. And rumors are circulating around Hayden Hackney with some Borough fans feeling he is already out the door. Hayden has been out of the squad for a number of weeks as Carrick described it as a small niggle keeping him out of the squad. But fans and pundits are now in belief that Hayden has already been sold and won't play again for the Borough. Time will only tell if this rumor has any substance, but the best thing is that Hayden has signed a new deal in the summer, so any deal that has or might have been done would have to be a large one to pry Hayden from Burroughs' grips. We hope that it's only a niggle. I'm not one to believe rumors. I think Hayden's still one of our lads. And optimism as ever, we have got a short turnaround Borough play this Friday against Huddersfield. We are, with albeit all our injuries, still very, very close to the playoffs. Everything is fine, Borough fans. Just relax! And ride with me to the Borough glory days. We will return. That is your news headlines. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. Michael Beale insists he won't lose too much sleep about Sunderland being labelled a one-man team after Jack Clark's latest show-stealing display. Clark's 11th goal of the season fired the Wiggersiders back into the top six against Hull City yesterday to lift the gloom after Beale's nightmare start in Saturday's 3-0 home defeat by Coventry. The new boss said, you could say there's a bit of reliance on Jack, but any team in the championship would have a reliance on him as he's such a good player and we make allowances for him to do what he does. I'm delighted for him to score a goal like that. Sunderland fans are still waiting for an official update as Niall Huggins looks set for another lengthy layoff after he was stretched off with what looked like a serious injury towards the end of Sunderland's 3-0 defeat against Coventry on Saturday. Defender Huggins went to ground in obvious pain inside the, the final 10 minutes of the match. Sunderland still haven't given any details about the nature of the injury, but recently new appointed head coach Michael Bale said the 23-year-old would undergo a scan and the early indications were that it was a bad injury. 
Another long spell on the sidelines will be tough for Huggins to take after he spent virtually all of his first two years as a Sunderland player out of action with various injuries. And it's only this season that he's returned fully fit and begun to fulfil his potential. Best of luck, Niall. And finally, Sunderland's footballing celebrity superfan Jude Bellingham was spotted at Hull City's MKM Stadium on Boxing Day. He was back in the stands as he watched his younger brother Joe play and indeed start the move that led to the winning goal. Decked in his red and white scarf, Jude was all smiles this time as he previously witnessed the 3-0 drubbing by Coventry City. Presumably he's back in the UK enjoying a small winter break from Real Madrid and not angling for a move to the stadium alike and away from the Bernabeu just yet. Those are your Wednesday morning headlines. Ted, Rye and Steve, the North East Footy Breakfast. Right across the North the red, the cat and the tan. And obviously do, 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 all attention do, do, do. to Rye. I'm, I've just, I've just do, learned do, something do, do, horrific. Do, do, do. Yes. Who who has what is spaghetti sauce? I didn't know how to spell bolognese. What dip you've got? I didn't know how to spell I was trying to type it out, but I couldn't figure out how to set it, so I just wrote spaghetti sauce. Are you living in <laughs> fear like that I pick bolognese. up your spelling mistakes all the time now? Is that what it is? I, just, I literally I went with bolognese, with, and then I'm like, hang on, there's a G in there somewhere, and I just couldn't figure it out, so I just went with spaghetti sauce. <laughs> Gologneers. I couldn't yeah. figure it out. <laughs> Bless your heart. Oh anyway, the floor is yours, Rye. Obviously, you alluded to it. Yes. I guess the, the flavour of the day is fan overreaction a little bit as well, isn't yes. it? It's, uh, seems to yes. have kicked off a stink. Very but, much go so. on, mate. The floor is yours. Tell us about it. All right. Well, let's let's. we're not going to harp on it too much, obviously. Middlesbrough come off a bad loss, losing to the Rotherham last night. Uh, in what was the Rotherham being last on the table, Middlesbrough expected to get a big win there. We dominated possession. We had thousands of shots on goals, but we could not find the back of the net. Somehow the ball just would not drop. We had Sam Greenwood hitting the crossbar, Sammy Silvera spurning three or four good chances. My goodness me, how the Borough fans seem to think that I'm still at fault for Sammy Silvera signing for Borough. Uh, but I do think Sammy still will come good. I'm trying to be optimistic. I, I did a Steve's race tweet, as I'm calling it now as well. I just told everyone to breathe, take a deep breath. We're still three points off the playoffs mid-table with 14 first-team players out through is injury. That, is that now called doing a racy? Is that, is that called doing uh, a racy? I don't know what it is. It's, <laughs> it's, called, it's called just just calming the F down sometimes, I guess. It's just... It just just some of the fans just seem to think it's all over once we've lost to Rotherham one 0 So it, it just it just it just it just scares me somehow. But how Borough fans can forget we had a really good win on the weekend, one 0 against West Brom. Yes, it was uninspiring. But we still beat West Brom, who were fifth on the table. Two three days later, we then lose to Rotherham one 0 I get it that it's ebb and flows, but it's the championship. Every team in the championship. This is why it's such a good league. Is because the bottom team. And beat the first team. You could see Rotherham rock up to Leicester and somehow Rotherham beat Leicester and you wouldn't blink an eyelid. You're just like, wow, that's a good result for Rotherham. But it's just the championship. It's the way it is. It's always been an even playing field. Every team in there trying to get back to the Premier League to beat anyone on their day. Now, I get it. It was a bad result for the Borough. We could not score. Uh, Dave, that mm. penalty decision, I'm sorry, was the most... I think I've seen some sh shocking, shocking calls in my lifetime. I've been watching football now for the best part of 25 years. I've obviously got you as a dad, my former referee. We talk about, you know, I'm pretty good at who's the ref, you know, uh, or whatever, you know, the game, you know, we seem to work that out pretty well. How Alex Bangura has not been given a penalty last night. I will go to my grave absolutely shocked at that decision. 
could tell it wouldn't be long for us to see. Yes, see, singing we hate the Get it into the championship immediately. That's yeah, all I can yeah, say. Yeah. Rewriting it. Yeah. We're rewriting it. We no, look, won was, VAR. It was, uh, that was a horrific decision. And... The referee, you, referee, the referee Dad. was Thank the referee you. was what ten yards away, eleven yards away. If he that, was in a half that. decent position. Um, I'm going to have to go back and look at the um, the highlights just to see, just to see in case at the moment of contact with Bangura, did a player run across his vision? Because that's the only excuse that he could have. That is the only excuse because that was as clear a penalty uh, as he as you would see. He has fallen over. He's fallen over Alex Bangura. He's literally fallen over him, put his arm around him to stop him falling and taken Alex Bangura down with him as well. And the ref's literally <laughs> gone, what's the the score? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, I'm that angry. Ted, I'm trying to stay calm and get my words out. All right, I'm that furious with this decision, right? That turned, I'm baffled. All right, I'm trying to relax and call it a PGMOA on myself. I am that furious with the decision. Look, you can't blame it on the referees. Middlesbrough had all their chances. We had 78 possession. 78% possession. Yeah. We had all the shots in the world. Green, Greenwood hits the post. Matt, Riley McGree has, comes back on the absolute goat. I was so excited to see my boy back out there. Has a fantastic fizzle of the shot. Somehow their keeper, Rotherham, who are last on the table, turns into... I don't know, buddy. Buffon, yeah, he just he, he turns into the, the best goalkeeper you've ever seen and saves an epic shot from Riley McGree forces onto the post. It's just frustrating. It's just they, frustrating because you just you just it's just a t- classic Borough thing to go and beat West Brom, who are in fifth, one nil, and have a great tactical performance, and then go down to Rotherham and lose one nil. Mm. I mean, Maddo got Maddo got it right uh, regarding that penalty decision. Uh, the referee bottled it. He did. He um, he had the he smallest. He had the smallest pair possible. It. it he just. I, I, like I say, the only the only excuse I can make is if a player ran across his field of vision at the moment of contact. And I don't think they did because he was so close to play. But there you go. Uh, if that didn't happen, he just needs to grow a pair to be able to referee in the championship because that was not oh. a tough decision. It was not a tough decision. It wasn't even a, no. a subjective decision. Because it was such an obvious penalty, and uh, Michael Carrick mentions that himself uh, when he was having a chat post-match, and um, like you've already said, you know he didn't want to say too much on it because he would have just got, him, got himself into trouble. But let's not hide the fact we were impotent. We really were. Yeah, yeah we were. We, we had chances. Yeah. Uh, Sam Greenwood had two great chances. Uh, Sam, Sammy Silvera had a chance. Uh, we had one, I, I, I'm trying to think who shot it was, uh, which was touched. It was Riley, wasn't it? Riley shot, touched onto the post agrees, yeah. by the Hit keeper. The post, it could have gone yeah. anywhere, um, yeah. but it, it just bounced to safety. So, look, it's it's our own fault. We tore them apart in terms of possession, in terms of play. But if we're not going to score goals, we're not going to win games. And that yeah. has been our weakness. That? That's been our weakness all season. How's the luck with that Rotherham goal as well? My goodness me, if you couldn't... I don't know what... If there's a footballing god, I need to have a word with you because that Rotherham, lads, I don't know if you've seen the goal, but if you get on the get on the replay system because Rotherham have scored the goal last cross. night from a cross. It's yeah. a cross he's that is coming from the cross. left wing near the corner flag. <laughs> he has gone in. He's full pelt sprinting. He's gone for a cross that should have ended up in row M, seat 27-3. You know, you're the winner today. And it's somehow then floated over the top of Tom Glover, our goalkeeper, into the top net in what would be the most spectacular goal you've ever seen scored from the most 
inaccurate spot in 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 all of football. It was incredible uh, to see the footballing gods not look after us then. Uh, and then obviously we just could not get the ball in the back of the net. We just couldn't do it. So and I've got to disagree yeah, with you on frustrated. one point. I've got to disagree frustrated. with you on one point. Yeah. Rotherham could not go to Leicester and get a win. They couldn't do no, it. They, they could no, not no, do no, it. No, I've really got to disagree with no. you on that. I'm just. I mean, trying, that's how, just that's how bad they were and ready for the taking. They were. No, they were really bad. They were really bad. And if Sunderland don't beat Rotherham this weekend, then I am literally Beal Madrid laughing because it, it, it Rotherham <laughs> are that bad. Uh, and they are. They are honestly that that's that bad. You know, and we just could not beat. We just couldn't break them down. We could not score. So well, look, as physical I, as I said, right? Two halves, but the social media fallout from it. Has been astronomical. Astronomical. My Twitter it's such a has small percentage, right? It's such a small oh. percentage of supporters, and some of them, bear in mind, some of them, some of them aren't, aren't Middlesbrough fans. Some of them will be fans mm. just doing it to wind you up. Some, some of them, are, that's mm. their existence, sitting trolling people on social media. So it's such a small percentage. Go down, the, you know, you don't have the advantage of being able to go down the local pub in Middlesbrough and go and no, into a, a, a load of like-minded Borough fans and just have a chat with them because. That's where the true that's where the true story comes. You go go to an away game with a borough and find out find the fans who go home and away. They're the ones whose opinion for me. And this, you know you're treading on I guess you're treading on ground where people go. Oh, so you're not a proper supporter unless you go to the game. But what I'm trying to say is ignore the social media trolls because it's a load yeah, of it's yeah. just it, it, that's exactly what they are you know they, they, they're yeah. just fish they're fishing for they're fishing for a bite and if they get one that makes their day and it, it's just worth it's just worth just remembering that you know it's not a true reflection on how the yep. support feels a lot of older supporters don't even do social media so where's their yeah, know, their, yeah. opi- their opinion is yeah. passed forward you know it's crazy it's yeah crazy. yeah yeah no i completely agree and it's good to always think about that because you you know the the, the the worst ones are always the loudest, aren't they? And it's the nice ones, you know, that, that always get <laughs> drowned out. Show. By the, the, you know what I mean? So it's literally, and I completely agree. Look, it was, I, it's, I, I'm optimistic, honestly. Borough are still doing okay with 14 first team players injured, a striker in Sammy Silvera. We've got Chelsea in a semi final over two legs, and we're three points off the playoffs. Literally, it's literally still nothing that is seriously wrong. We're not last in relegation zone. We're not, you know, out of the Carabao Cup, you know. it's We've literally got so much still to come. And our story is for this season is still not far, it's far from over. We're still getting these players coming back from injury. We've got a January transfer window where we saw last season the likes of Aaron Ramsey and uh, Cameron Archer come in. And I'm sure that those, you know, the recruitment staff are already looking at the the, the injuries we've got and trying to plug those gaps. So our story is still so far from over. And I'm so optimistic that this club still under Carrick is just going heading in the right direction. It's just these little bad losses that we seem to have seem to just send us into a, a bit of a spiral. But I, I honestly think the borough is still absolutely fantastic. We're doing very, very well for this season. Three points off the playoffs. Chelsea semi-final to come. Uh, you know, we've got a January transfer window to plug the injuries. You know, we're obviously losing Riley McGree, Sammy Silvera. Sandy Dieng if he's fit to AFCON and stuff like that. So we'll have to plug those gaps. But I'm ever optimistic that the Borough are still right where they need to be at this stage of the season. We're right where Coventry are now as well. And we're saying them on the other flip side that they're turning it around. So we're equal points with them. And we were the same, you know, we're, we're on the same <laughs> points we were last season. We were on the same points we were last season. We made the playoffs. So it is what it is. Little, Enough about the Borough. I, I honestly... Yeah, I did. I, it's the garlic bread coming back up. Uh, it was, it was, um, 
It was literally, it was literally a good win against West Brom, a bad loss to Rotherham. We're on to Huddersfield this weekend. Back at home, you know, it, it, it's just going to be, uh, you know, it's just going to be about getting these players back from injury and and building some momentum because, you know, like Steve said, a couple of results, you know, and you'll, you'll no one will be talking about this game ever again, sort of thing. Big games coming up, Huddersfield away. Then we go to take on Coventry, which is going to be tough, but we're at home. Then we got Villa in the FA Cup. Then we got Chelsea for the first leg of the semi-final as well. So next four games, massive for the Borough. Very excited. Get some squad team members back and we'll be right. I honestly believe it. But uh, yeah, it seems to be just a, just a bit of a sad loss because Rotherham were last and we were expecting to win. But look, we're okay. We're fine and uh, we'll be back very, 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 very shortly. It's, do you think, I mean, out those four games you got coming up, right? Two of them yeah. are against Premier League opposition. So yep. do you think almost that's that's a good thing for Carrick and the fact that they're almost seen as free hits? No, Nobody's really expecting Borough yeah. to win those games. Um, so it's I almost so. you know, a, a time to experiment and that kind of thing, yeah? I don't think he'll experiment because we literally just have too many injuries to experiment with. I think it's going to be the state... The, the status quo of, of who's fit and available to put out the best team on the pitch. We'll obviously go to yeah. Villa. We'll obviously invite Villa in the FA Cup to try and win. You know what I mean? But we all know how good Villa's playing this season. We'll obviously then go to semi-final uh, leg one against Chelsea as well. But it was back-to-back home games, one in the FA Cup, then at Chelsea, uh, off the back of a uh, home game. So we're at the Riverside three weekends in a row there, sort of thing. So it's going to be great for the Borough fans not having to travel for once in all these cup ties, you know, in a, you know, run of fixtures. And the Borough, you know, Borough team get to stay at home, sleep in their own beds and, you know, and play Coventry, Villa and Chelsea all from their own backyard. So... I'm very, very uh, excited for that little run. It's great to see Middlesbrough just up there. That's the teams we want to test ourselves against to see if we've got, you know, any any right to be in the Premier League at all. Uh, and we've got January just around the window. Where, uh, just sorry, just around the corner where that window is going to be absolutely crucial for the borough to recruit well to fill in some of these holes we've got with injuries uh, and move forward with the rest of the season. So it's still what three or four months into next year. Yeah. You know, lots of football still to be played. Uh, Michael Carrick is still a very, very good uh, head coach. He knows exactly what to do. Uh, I know the substitutions and all that are done late and stuff like that. But again, there's the garlic bread. Uh, I think it's literally... I think it's literally <laughs> oh, still... Got to show all of it, you know, uh, No, I know I am. It's going to come right up. You know, it's, it, it's just... It's just, yeah. It, it's just... A, it was a bit of a... I don't know. I mean, if we were sitting here on Monday, we beat West Brom. Every, you know, it's a different... It's a different tale. But we're sitting here after... Yeah. You know, a rather than one nil. So it's just two two results, one after the other, uh, in quick succession. And I thought Middlesbrough was still were very very well. You know, did very very well considering the amount of people we've got out. So the hate for Sammy Silvera has got to stop for me though. Sammy Silvera is a young twenty three year old that's moved from Australia to the other side of the world. Uh, I obviously announced him signing for the club. I do it over again. I love Sammy. I think he's still going to be have a big future for the borough. Get off his back a little bit, borough fans. Give him the time. I know he's had a you know he's had half a season now, but it's still a big thing uh, to move from Australia to England as a young lad. Uh, and I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic. He's had some goals already. He's still settling. And we're playing him as a striker. He's five foot six for goodness sake. Get off his back a little bit. Let him uh, let him settle, uh, and and we'll be right. Very good, mate. Very good. Um, just looking at the form table, and I, it's the, I guess the last question just before we, we go into the sports news, but four defeats in the last six games, mate, that's the same sort of form as Birmingham City. Carrick's not in trouble, is he? Nah, he's not in trouble. He's nowhere near Wayne Rooney in trouble. Um, Carrick is... It, it's just because it, it's our injuries. There's nothing Carrick could have done. You could have put Pep Guardiola in charge of Borough 
with 14 first-team players out and not really much backup. You know, we don't have the biggest squad depth in the championship because we can't afford it. And, if the and you know, we're backing it up with squad players. We had Kyle Kavanagh come on for his championship debut last night. You know, at the age, you know, we got Joshy Coburn coming on at the age of 19. You know, we've got Tom Glover, our backup goalkeeper in goal. You know, we've got Matt Clark, who's just come back after 13 months with severe back injury, playing as our first set to choice centre-back. We've got Dan Balassa and Johnny Housen at the age of 35 as our holding midfielders because Hayden Hackney's either unfit or being sold. It's it, it's a makeshift squad, and Carrick has gotten us to the semi-final of the Carabao Cup against Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, you know, with 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 all these injuries, so no, he's not he's not at risk at all for me. He's nowhere near, uh, you know, the, the the likes of that. It's literally if you're Steve Gibson, you can see, you know, when the writing's on the wall, and there's nothing on that wall except for absolute glorious artwork and, and portraits of me. <laughs> Beautiful wit and, and segue into the sports headlines, I think, Dave. I was wondering I was wondering where he was going with that one. I've got to be completely honest, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> the two, the cat, the red sport. Man City returned to Premier League action on Wednesday with a trip to Goodison Park after they spent the past week in Saudi Arabia competing and subsequently winning the Club World Cup. Everton boss Sean Dyche has played down the potential impact of Manchester City's successful expedition, along with a number of matches in recent weeks. Ahead of tonight's match, he says he's focused on the job at hand. To get every bit of the noise you hear about this many fixtures, that many fixtures, I was only suggesting the balance over a season could have maybe didn't have been looked at. But from my point of view, we go, no, no, the next one's you know coming round, so we'll, get, we'll be ready for it. And I said, that's the kind of mentality I'm trying to build here. Meanwhile, Liverpool moved top of the Premier League after Darwin Nunes ended his goal drought in a 2-0 success at second bottom Burnley. Victory for the Reds lifted them two points above Arsenal, who hosts West Ham on Thursday. And in Rugby Union, Cardiff extended their impressive winning run over local rivals Dragons to 18 league games by handing out a Boxing Day thrashing at a sold-out Arms Park. An abysmal first-half effort from bottom club Dragons saw them completely outgunned by a slick home side. Together across the northeast. The Timber Cat and the Red. Head first in the field Uh, we weren't supposed to do that, were we? No, we weren't supposed to do that. We were just no. merrily having a conversation <laughs> with each other. We were. Yeah, yeah. We were. That was very un- that, that was very unfair of Jamie to jump in like that. But there you go. Hello, fellas. Good morning. <laughs> Can't stand them. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning to the Northeast. Merry Christmas, post-Christmas. Happy New Year are just around the corner. Can you believe it? So, so literally, Jamie Cullum was like, just... Decided to gate crush our party there, did he? He did. He did. Well, he's been brutally yeah, binned now. I've, hit I've, the big I've, I've told you about this before. I can't stand him. <laughs> <laughs> little little cuscus face. Honestly, I you? don't like him. What's he done to you? He just he just mm. looks like one of those kids who was really annoying and, and like sort of a bit hoity toity. And oh, I've wow. said it before on air. He's the the kind of kid who would bring cuscus in for his packed lunch at school. He just thinks he's better than everyone <laughs> else. With cuscus. Yeah, exactly. It's, oh, it's it's crap, crap. <laughs> it's actually, it is devil spawn, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. It is, man. It's, it's, it's rotten. Absolutely. So should I cancel this interview, though? We've got set up with Jamie tomorrow. <laughs> and welcome to the show. Well, speak, speaking of press reel, I, I mean, do we, do we have to start and call you sir now, Steve? Obviously, now you're a big movie star. Another movie just released, no. Alice in Terrorland, uh, which yes. I'm going to watch Move tonight. Over. I'm going to watch that. I Move can't over. wait for that. Yes. Con- congratulations on the launch, mate. That's uh, that's great. A bit of a, a bit of a superstar in Rula Lenska in it with it as well, mate. How how did that all come about? 
Um, she's yeah. I mean, look, it's it's a great it's it, it's a great film. I, I mean, I went down the premiere before Christmas in London, and it was it was good to uh, good to see it on the big screen. Um, as as happens with a lot of films these days, it's um, you know it's a, it's a digital download release, so it's the only chance you get a chance to see these things on on a big screen. But great great opportunity. Um, you know, filmed it filmed it at the start of this year, um, and you know it was a couple of days filming for me. And it's obviously a take on on you know the the original Alice, but with with a horror take. It's you know it's about a young girl whose parents pass away, and she goes to live with uh, our auntie in this big mansion. And uh, you know, it, shall we say the storyline gets curiouser and curiouser. Um, oh, but it's, very good. <laughs> oh, well but done. It is uh, it is something which. I, 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 you know, was surprised. I was surprised to see um, Rula be involved in. But when I, when I watched it back, really, really good. You know, it, it, it was a part that was clearly written for her. Um, and yeah. and for me, I play the the rabbit, the evil rabbit. And uh, oh. it's uh, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to be playing something other than a gangster or a football hooligan. So um, fair enough. It's an evil <laughs> rabbit. It's an evil rabbit, but it's a step in the right direction. It's a fluffy character. Um, but yeah. So we've got, got, uh, got your key hold well then, have they, into these roles? Definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm trying not to be typecast. Um, I, I, I managed to do I managed to do something different two years ago, which, um, you know, it, it, it showed me softer side. But uh, yeah, oh, trying not to get... Oh. Oh, oh, trying not to get pigeonholed into these parts is is, is 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 a big you know it's a big opportunity. But yeah, I'm listen. I'm pleased with it. I mean, it's it's a horror film. It's yeah, watching it with a live audience as well. I was about there was about 150 yeah. at the premiere. I bet that's um, a right yeah. buzz. That it is. You get a chance to see. You get a chance to see people's reactions. Some actors don't like to watch themselves back. I I do. Um, I do like to watch. And, and, and you can critique yourself. You can be a biggest critic. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a good opportunity. I guess you know you, you only learn to get better by watching where you've gone wrong. And I think that's that's the way. That's the that's the way I look at it. But it, you know it's it's great. And you know I've, I've worked with the guys. I've worked with the director uh, Richard John Taylor a couple of times now. He's he's you know he's somebody who I get on I get on a lot. Uh, I get on very well with and I think that's half the battle you know I've, I've worked with I've worked with some really good directors I work with a guy called Ray Burdis who's you know who did Love, Honor and Obey um, you know which which is one of my favourite films he's done he's done a couple of other classics o- over the years but I did um, I, I, I did To Be Someone which was like it, it, it's Quadrophenia too. it's the same cast of Quadrophenia yeah. and and, and to, you know he created he creates a family offset so you know from, from the director to the, the you know the assistant director to the producer to the makeup artist to um, you know the stunt coordinator to, to the actors everybody gets on and and you know everybody's everybody's equal on set. We you know we all work hard, but we play hard, and and that's the way to, that's the way to do it. So Richard John yeah. Taylor's got a very similar kind of ethos with the way he makes films. Um, he shoots them beautifully. He uses um, you know antique lenses, which which when you watch the film tonight, I'm sure you'll see it. It's shot in yeah. a particular way, and and you'll see a couple of other films that I've done with them. He's done exactly the same, and he's you know he's he's just grown and grown and. It's building up those kind of relationships with directors who remember you. Um, Zach Alder yeah. is another one who 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 I've worked with a couple of times now. I work with them behind the camera and in front of the camera. Um, and and when you build up those kind of relationships, it's great in in the acting world because you don't have to go for a 
you don't have to go for a casting then they'll they'll pick the phone up and go i'm doing yeah. a film I, you know i like working with you i've got this i've got this film for you and we need a big so sensitive rabbit <laughs> we need a big sensitive rabbit it's, um, it's a with, good opportunity it's with a, a good softer touch it's a good, yeah with a softer touch yes. yeah I, I mean you know for, for me like and, and it gives us access to costumes so i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm trying to get a seagull costume for uh, the trip down to wearside on the 6th of january um <laughs> which, which, which i can wear on the bus <laughs> Yeah, I think you know uh, why. I think you know why. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. We've heard. Yeah. I certainly won't. I certainly won't be going there wearing a horse face, will I? Anyway. <laughs> so that got me thinking. Obviously, the the, the movie coming out. And I genuinely mean it. After I finish, I'm on a late shift tonight, but I am going to make the time to watch that. It got me thinking. So if if somebody out there, you know, wanted to make a a, a movie about our lives, Rye will mm. start with you. Who would play yes. you in the story of your life, Ry? Steve Wraith. 100%. <laughs> Steve Wraith. I, I think there'd be... I don't, th I don't see anyone else that could, could go through the role that, you know, then better than Steve Wraith. I think he's oh my like God. a young Steve Wraith. I've heard it on social media, people saying that, you know, you're, you're, you're just a young Steve Wraith, aren't you? You know what I mean? I've got Borough Matters, you know, coming soon. I've got... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I got no idea. I don't know if there'd be ever want to be a movie about me. I mean, it, it'd be uh, it'd be you know it'd be a short film that's for sure. Maybe a TikTok rather than a movie, uh, and uh, you know it'd just be about waking neighbours and being extra loud. Really, uh, there'd be a bit of military stuff in there, but that's about there'd it. There'd be a storm uh, in there. No, you, I mean I, I mean you, you know, think with me producer's head on, we could start off in in Vietnam. Yeah. Well, obviously we've got to exaggerate today. Yes. Um, yes. Where you, yes. Where you were in the nineteen. And you know you, you come away you come away with a couple of medals, um, but then yes. you find yourself down on your luck. You're homeless, um, yes. and then yes. you go from you go from there. Um, you, you're good. And then a radio dad picks, picks me up for a show. Yeah, yep. a radio yep. daddy. Yeah, a radio daddy picks you up. Yeah, <laughs> uh, lures you into his house. Um, no, come on! I don't like the sound of this. I don't like the direction that this is going in at all. <laughs> this took a sinister turn, didn't it? Is this another horror movie? I, I have a wholesome Steve, idea planned out. I like the idea of Radio Dad picking him up, but I don't like the idea of Radio Dad taking him to his house. <laughs> he said, Radio I, Daddy "I have the perfect casting for Radio Dad." By the way, oh, no. I have the perfect oh, okay. casting. I want Richard E. Grant. Yes, Steve it. Coogan would be a good shout as well. But no, Rich, <laughs> Richard E. Grant, absolutely. Yeah. Well, for me, for me, for me, in my for me in my early years, um, I, I think would have um, I'd have to have Ross Kemp. But then in the later years, I'd have Steve oh, McFadden. Ross Kemp. <laughs> 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 love it, love it. Ah, obviously, you'd have to get the angles right because of the height difference. But um, it would just show, it would just slow the slow degeneration of Steve Rado. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say Sean Dyche with that voice, mate. I reckon Sean yeah. Dyche could play a good Steve Wraith, don't you reckon? In the later yeah, years, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what was the guy from Breaking Bad as well? I guess he would, you know, I no, get compared yeah. to him. Oh, Brian Johnston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get, yeah, yeah, I get a few true, of them chucked true. in every now and then on the lookalike <laughs> section. Um, that's not yeah, a bad one. Not a bad one. That's not a bad shout at all, actually. Yeah, not wrong. Anyone, anyone make bored? Sure in, your next, yeah. in your next movie, Steve, uh, I just want to see a little bit of a part there for Ted and Rye, your, your radio co-stars. 
Uh, in your next movie, you get a little bit of a part. Start, that's where you start working us in, mate. Little extras. You know, we start off like we're yeah. in the background of, you know, while you're in two, that bunny Two annoying suit, voices on the radio. There's yeah. Ted and Rice <laughs> sipping coffee in the background, pretending to have a conversation. And that's how we that's yeah. how we start. And then all, the three of us take over uh, and, and, and take Hollywood by storm. Yeah, Absolutely. good idea. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. For me, incidentally, Carl Urban, I think, is, a, is the ideal casting for me. Yeah. Uh, you, I, yeah, I don't yeah. know you boys. Uh, you watch The Boys? Yeah. yeah. We have a similar yes. a similar kind yes. of take on life. You know, it's, uh, yeah, he, he matches my personality pretty well, does Carl Urban. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just um, looking for actors that like to take their kid off, and uh, that, that came, that's a bad Google search to go down, that one. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm glad they're not company laptops. I don't know what you're referring to anyway. Shall we move on? <laughs> no, but all, all seriousness, mate, I, I, hope the, uh, I hope plenty of people are going to download that and watch the movie and stream the movie because uh, it, it sounds an absolute cracking little idea, mate. So uh, I always like to big up me mates when they do something creative and do yes. something different. Like, so I thought it's well worth giving Steve a little bit of props no, on it is, that one. It is just, we, we love it. We love, our, we love our Stevie boy and we can't wait. Stevie, how Thanks, can people man. download it? How can we watch it? Just get yourself any any, any downloading services. Um, Amazon, obviously, in the UK is probably the the, the best one. But um, it, it, you know, it, it's 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 widely available across the world. And um, Alice in Terrorland, it's called. So uh, give it give it a watch. Thanks, lads. Certainly, no, I love it. No Absolutely love it. No worries at all. Um, so, like Bon Jovi, <laughs> this is absolutely completely what? not a link. We're all. living on a prayer. Um, living on a prayer. No, well, we are halfway there. We are halfway oh. there in the season, gents. So I, I was kind of wondering who's surprised, who's been your surprise package in, term, in terms of teams, in terms of players so far this season. And I want your half-time predictions on who's going to win the Premier League, who's going to win the Championship. Ooh. Do you see any late bloomers? So we'll, we'll go to Steve. Um, okay. Who's surprised you? Who, who, who's been sort of the uh, the surprise package in the Premier League for you? Aston Villa. Uh, didn't see that coming, um, and I know a lot of I know a lot of people did. Um, but I genuinely didn't think that they would be, you know, sustaining the kind of run that they started on. I mean, especially when we played them at the start of the season and, and beat them 5-1. You, you just couldn't see yeah. that coming at all. Uh, but, the, you know, they're on, they're on third place in merit. They've also got European football fixtures to cope with as well, um, you know, which, uh, you, know, it, you know, is a credit to them and it's a credit to the manager. Unai Emery's gone in and, and certainly got them, got them playing, you know, very, very well. I think we always knew Tottenham would be up there because you know the lack of European football was always going to give them that boost. Although mm -hmm. losing Harry Kane was you know was was the big question mark. How would they cope without Kane? How would they cope with Postecoglou coming in? They were my tip for you know he was my tip to be going first out the door um, at the start of the season. So again, I've got to say because of my predictions at the start of the season, Spurs have been a bit of a surprise package and and, and in fourth place. Um, having said that. Um, further down the table, uh, it, it's as you would expect. Sheffield United, Burnley, and Luton still hold those bottom three positions. Sheffield United and Luton playing out this wonderful 3 2 game yesterday, a five goal thriller. Mm -hmm. uh, two own goals deciding that, though, and, um, you know, Sheffield United holding that bottom spot at the turn of the year, which means you know, probably the most likely to go down, but it is tight down yeah. there. Everton and Forest, of course, 16, 17 points. Palace not out of it on 18, you know, still a lot to play for at the bottom of the table. Uh, but as I say, Sheffield United, nine points, bottom of the table at Christmas. You'd say they probably are, are, the, are, the, are the bookies' favourites to, to go down. 
No surprise to see Chelsea struggling. Um, you know, laughing at the fact that Pochettino says he needs a good transfer window after spending the club, you know, spending a billion <laughs> pound on players in the last two years and still can't find the right recipe is is, is it's a head scratcher that, isn't it? Um, yeah. Who's going to win the league in the Premier League? Though for me, you can't see past Manchester City. They've had a they've had a little bit of time off going across and winning the world, you know, the, 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 winning the latest trophy. You know, the, the you know the, the, they're now officially the best team in the world, um, and 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 you know rightly so. But Manchester City are sitting on 34 points um, with a game in, uh, two games in hand on Liverpool who are on 42 points. I'm not being funny, but anyone who writes Manchester City off, uh, do it at your peril. I think Man City still win the league this season. I think it'll be a, a toss up between Liverpool and Arsenal for who finishes second and third. Mm-hmm. I think. Aston Villa will finish fourth. Where do I think Newcastle will finish? I think they'll put a run together. I think they'll finish in the Europa spot. I think it's going to be neck and neck between Manchester United, West Ham United and Newcastle United till the back end of the season. I still think Eddie Howe will be in charge, but I think Newcastle will, Newcastle will get that. Uh, will get a Europa League spot. That's, that's where I think they'll finish. Will they get anywhere in the FA Cup? I think if they can beat Sunderland, um, and that's a big if at the moment with the form that they've got. Um, and, and I know you know I'm, I'm, Newcastle made fans say eh what but you've got to be realistic <laughs> a derby, derby form goes out the window a form goes out the window and a derby sorry Newcastle that's, eh, a, that's a cup that, that is a cup final in itself for Newcastle and Sunderland and, and mm-hmm. you know whoever wins that game you know it, it's, it, 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 it's, a, it's a big win for local bragging rights but that that, make or, that can make or break Newcastle's season in, and you know it, it's a huge game but I think yeah, Premier League-wise, we'll qualify for the Europa League. It's as simple as that. Mm. For, like, for manager of the season, I mean, you kind of go and look at Villa and Spurs. I mean, obviously, Emery's put this side together who are defying all expectations. You know, we, we spoke about them before. But Ange, I mean, you know, when obviously they got rid of Harry Kane and he left and went to Bayern Munich and everyone's thinking, oh, well, that's, that's Spurs, absolutely. Like, they're they, they just they're lost without him, you know, but... Credit to him, he's, he's got them playing some good football. Yeah, he had that little blip, but you know, three wins out the last three in the league. And, and yeah, those two have got to be up there for manager of the season, haven't they? Because the rest of them are just expected to be there in that top six. Well, uh, yeah, in, interesting in the Premier League. Rye, yes. let's have a look at the championship. Who's Who's been your surprise okay. package there, mate? Oh, my surprise packet in the championship. It's a good question. Uh, you would think, obviously, uh, obviously the likes of Leicester, uh, Southampton, Leeds, probably expected to be there. It's probably Ipswich. You know, you can't look past Ipswich. Ipswich were promoted from League One start of this season. You know, you expect them just looking to, to sort of try and stay up, you know, like a Rotherham, you know, or, or something like that. You know, coming up from League One is always tough. It is a big jump, you know, from League One to championship, obviously. But Ipswich have just done it with ease. You know, they're, they're, they are second in the table. They're clear as well. They played so well last night against Leicester, who are a Premier League team. So, yeah, they're very well coached. I'd have to say the biggest surprise packet is Ipswich. I'd be thinking I'd be silly if I, if I wasn't, you know, saying anyone else there because, you know, they weren't destined uh, at the start of the season. If you had to put money on Ipswich going back-to-back promotions, uh, you know, you, you'd, you'd be sitting a, a very rich man by the end of this year because I, des- I dare say Ipswich, for me, are a very big surprise packet. Uh, and I think, uh, yeah, I think they're going to be, uh, you know, it's finishing second with ease as well. So, yeah, Ipswich for me, mate. Yeah, I th- there is that little bit of clarity between the two now, isn't there, where Ipswich are kind of... There is. They're keeping pace with Leicester, I mean, which is which they is are. amazing, considering what Last came down to the Premier well. League with that, yeah, great game. 
One came down mm. with a you know with a Premier League squad. It has to be said. Yes, Orange yeah. sold a few Correct. people, um, but they've got the budget to be able to still attract Premier League players to that. Who you know who mm. may need another chance. But Ipswich coming up from League One and, and to to kind of keep up with the pace the way they have done. Because we've sat on this show and said like at some point they've they've, they've got to kind of take their foot yeah, off the gas. So yeah, they've got to exactly, get a couple yeah. of niggles of injuries and things like that. And all of a sudden they're like yeah, exactly yeah it's they're still there when you look at them. The, yep. the one for me, though, I think the, the late bloomer, and I've, I've already mentioned this show as well, keep an eye on Coventry City, because I, 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 I agree. just mm, have a feeling they're they my tip for a six, real last-minute dash. Sixth yeah. spot, yeah, and, yeah, and they've they just are. turned the form now. I mean, they're unbeaten in five or yeah, six now. Um, three wins. Frustrating, uh, but yeah. Recently, yeah. yeah. Yeah, watch out for them. Uh, that, that, yeah, no, so tight, lads. Really so tight. It is. I mean, you, Oh, you go down, is, mate, you go down to where uh, where 15th, where Blackburn are on 31 points, yep. and any one of those teams from Blackburn to Borough to Coventry to Norwich to Cardiff to Watford to Preston to Bristol, uh, any of those teams could put a run together, lads. Um, you know, it's 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 an amazingly tight division, and I'm sticking by my prediction, which was that Sunderland and Borough would both make the playoffs. No, you're only three points away, right? Yes. three points away, despite yep. Yep. despite a run of bad form. I can't. Um, I still think I still think Borough will make the playoffs. Like I've got one twist. Yeah, yeah, I've I got one agree. twist to what we're talking about with the uh, the championship, and I think Southampton will pip Ipswich for the second spot. Oh, really interesting. Yeah. They're only five points they're, adrift they're, now. They're, they're very Martin. very slowly. They've been closing the gap. Yeah, um, they're on. They're on, they're on Russell decent Martin form. Is a good manager, and I think you're just starting to see Ipswich now with a couple of hiccups. Um, I still think Ipswich will finish third, but I just, I just mm. have a feeling that Southampton will pick Ipswich for second. Mm, interesting. It's Stoke City obviously picking up their first win under Heckenbottom as well. Like oh, that was a decent result for them yesterday. I mean, they're on twenty-seven points. It's not. It's not impossible for them to like you know put a few wins together, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, they're up around eighth or ninth. It's absolutely yeah, yeah, incredible, incredible this season. I mean. It feels like we see it every season in the championship, but it just gets tighter and tighter at the top, and it's it's, it really it's does. almost impossible to call. The Southampton ones. That's a good what show I said. Right? That's what I said with with Borough. You know what I mean? The championship is literally one of the best leagues in the world. Any team can beat anyone on their day. Now I know we were joking that Rotherham couldn't beat Leicester, but literally you can see Sheffield Wednesday rocking up to Southampton and <laughs> and winning. It's just. You know what I mean? Like, and look at Birmingham. Birmingham were fifth, and obviously Wayne Rooney, well done you, has taken them back down to nineteenth. You know, you can literally slide yep. on that table throughout a championship season from first to last in an instant, and also the you know vice versa, where Coventry have been sitting around that relegation zone now up to thirteenth. So it's one of the best leagues in the world. I I, I, can, I guarantee you that there's not much closer leagues in the world that, it, that than the championship. I'd agree with that. Uh, you see, you've got Huddersfield Town next, haven't you? Yep, we do. Huddersfield yeah. Town this Friday. Uh, in obviously, the last six for them. Yep, yep. It's going to be fun to verse them now. So, uh, yeah. Look, it, it's it's you know, you know it's, there's no easy games in the championship. We we say that all the time. Yeah. I was just saying that. So any any team, you know, where no matter where you are um, on the league, there's no easy game, and especially with our run of injuries. But we've got Ryland Agree coming back. We've got Josh Coburn coming back. Hopefully, there's a recognised striker there now. Sammy Silvera doesn't need to play up front. Uh, and, you know, he can tinker with the squad a little bit more because that's what he needs to be able to do. He needs to be able to freshen that squad up because those boys now have played a lot of football. 
a lot of yeah. football in a Absolutely. short amount of time and they haven't got anyone to give him a bit of a respite. He took Vandenberg off, he took Crooks off, who have played pretty much 90 minutes since the start of the season. And I guarantee you, if you asked Matt Crooks at the start of the season if he was going to play this much football by Christmas, he would have told you, you, you know, you're, you're joking, aren't you? So, yeah, yeah it, it's incredible to see um, the amount of injuries we've had and hopefully, hopefully, we're starting to turn a page to start seeing some of them back. But, uh, yeah, Huddersfield this weekend, uh, sorry, this Friday, and, uh, yeah, looking forward to it um, just just because uh, we I just want to forget about yesterday. Do you know what I mean? It was just, it, that was, you know, that was so frustrating. And I... Uh, I just want Sammy Silvera to do really well as well. Uh, you know, he's an Aussie close to my heart. The amount, as I was saying, the DMs that I get is is wild, blaming me, uh, you know, for, for Sammy. But I still believe he's a great player. Uh, and I think he's got a, you know, a bright future, as do I do think many of them. And I'm, I'm always going to be optimist uh, with Borough. I love my club. I love my team. Uh, and you can never tell me that Borough are never going to be far away from it ever even if we were last, because, you know, that's what you do when you love the club. I'm never going to sit there and slate Absolutely, them because, man. you know, it, it's my club through through and through and, you know, we'll be right no matter what happens. Can we just I, give I a mention? I think you'll definitely win this next relegation battle. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, mate. <laughs> can we can we just give a quick mention to Darlow without a manager this morning? Obviously, just, yeah, uh, Josh Gowan was that. let go yesterday after the 2-0 defeat at Scarborough. So um, uh, I'm expecting some good news coming th- coming out of the club um, later on today. So uh, fingers crossed there. I was speaking to a Darlow yeah. mate of mine last night um, who's... who's there's a couple of names in the hut among the fans that they would like to see. One of them, one of them was really, really interested. Am I allowed? Well, I'm, of course, we're allowed to, to talk. I'm not going to tell you. I think um, I know where it's going to go, but uh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell um, you. Well, the name that's the name that uh, a couple of the fans are going on about is actually Lee Cattermall, uh, which I thought would be an interesting appointment. Oh, now, I know he's wow. obviously doing some academy work at the minute at Borough. Um, yeah, he was. That would be. I think that'd be a nice way for him to dip his toes into management. You know, um, it's it's a, a well-respected club in the northeast. Obviously, you know, apparently he's a, he's a well-rated saying. coach. Well-rated yeah. coach is Lee Cadamore. Problem problem so, you've got with Darlow is, I think if they get relegated this season, they'll go out of business because it's funded by yeah, the fans. Yeah. It doesn't have a rich owner, or or you know a relatively so to speak rich owner. Um, I think I yeah. think this next appointment has to be. A hundred percent stable in terms yeah. of being able to turn the club round and just what are they eight points adrift now of safety? They've they've yeah, got to yeah, they've yeah. got to claw that that back, and they've only got half a season to do it. Yeah, and they're on a they're on a, a real they're yeah. a bit like Borough. They're, they're they're up and down all the time in terms of form. Yeah. and I think the last appointment yeah. was a bad appointment. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I, whether whether they're in a position to be able to take a gamble on a brand new, you know, on a rookie manager in that position, I don't think they can. I really don't. Who else has I'll been mentioned? What, I just got to quickly jump in. I, I just got to jump in as well. Hartlepool, Hartlepool as well. Another yep. northeast team in a world of hurt. John Askey, the manager, refusing to do the post match on the weekend. Uh, sorry, yesterday after losing to Oldham three one as well. So obviously they're up for sale as well. They're, they're, the owner, the chairman of Hartlepool, doesn't want the club anymore. And I think you know they're th- what they're yeah they're three points away from the relegation zone after dropping out of League Two end of last season. So. It's scary, isn't it? Mm. Scary that you could be in a world without, you know, Darlington and Hartlepool, uh, you know, both teetering on the edge of of the wrong side of it as well. Yep, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see if they do a point. Um, I mean, obviously, Catamol was mentioned. There's there's a couple of sort of ex-Sunderland names linked. Somebody mentioned Marco Gabbiadini, which I don't even think Marco's got his coaching badges, has he? Don't know. Mm. To my... 
Just so his media stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, like, yeah. It's uh, it's a bit of, bit of a strange one. I'm sure uh, I'm sure you'll let us know. Um, <laughs> one other thing I want to get across as well, just before we hand over for some for some nonsense with Daz. I'm assuming he's on you. today. He is. <laughs> you haven't given him all the Christmas off, have you? Oh, that's all right. Then. No, no, no. Uh, he's, he's on. He's on. He's he's virtually here today. He's virtually here. All right, I see. Virtually. I see. I love I'm, that. It's 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 the best of him rubbing shoulders it. with with. With the showbiz stars. With the stars, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. I might listen to it. I might not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a big well done to Rebecca Welsh, uh, who became the first woman to referee yes. Premier League match on, on Saturday. Oh, um, did very, very well as well. Um, there was no complaints from either of the managers about her performance as well, so that's that's all good. Nice to see a local girl obviously doing well for us and, uh, and represent the North East as the uh, as the person in black in the middle of the pitch, Dave. Yep, good to see. I mean, the worst thing that could have happened with either of the two new Premier League uh, referees over the last couple of days uh, was, you know, them to be embroiled in in a complete disaster on the field. So Rebecca, particularly, because we know what the likes of Joey Barton have been saying about women in the sports. Uh, yeah. Eyes like that would have been on, and knives would have already been out and sharpened and ready. So yeah, congratulations yeah. to her. Great stuff. Good stuff, mate. Well. I think that's about it, isn't it? It is. Woo! It is. We're back, baby. We've We're back. Got, you know, we've got the, to the end of it. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time I've worked a day between Christmas and New Year's, by the way. Well done, me. I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Well, 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 well done. for some spaghetti sauce and some garlic bread, I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good. Get it on. Get it on. Get it on. Get it on. Get I'm going to look how to spell bolognese. Is it B-O-L-A... There's a G in there, mate. There's a G in there. Is that it? Steve, Ted, and Rye. The Northeast Footy Breakfast. Right across the Northeast. The Red, the Toon, and the Cat.